Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we are talking about season five, episode one of The Vampire Diaries, which is called I Know What You Did Last Summer. And it is officially the start of our first chapter of season five, which is called The Doppelgangers Chapter. I gotta say, I loved this episode. I had so much fun. This really got me excited for season five in a way I didn't expect, because sometimes the premieres are a little slower. They've got a lot to set up, but we had some goofy little times this week. Oh, yeah. Julie Plex said, look, I know we're at season five and I know we're about to go downhill, but won't we have fun on it? Won't we have fun on this sled? She said, you know what? You've all been watching for four full seasons and you're going to keep watching. So I'm going to get a little fun with it. I'm going to get a little silly with it. Everyone gets to be a little goofy this week. I love to see Paul Wesley. Like, it's not a comedic performance, obviously. That's not the point. But he is having some fun. He is just getting to try all sorts of stuff. Paul Wesley gets his Nina Dobrev moment in that he gets to play two characters. Yeah. And now, to be fair, one character in this episode is mostly drowning. Yeah. So it's not a huge stretch of his acting quite yet. But we'll see how it elevates throughout the season as, you know, hopefully Stefan gets out of that safe, I beg. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Don't be so sure. You can never be sure of anything. No, I think he's going to be out pretty soon. (laughs) How many times can we watch him drown before it gets even more depressing? At least a few more. As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. After spending the summer enjoying her passionate relationship with Damon and making sure that Jeremy is adjusting after his return from the dead, Elena is thrilled to move into the dorm at nearby Whitmore College with her new roommate, Caroline. Still believing that Bonnie has been traveling all summer and will soon join them, Elena and Caroline are surprised when a student named Megan shows up and announces that she will be sharing their dorm room. Catherine makes an unexpected appearance at the Salvador house and pleads with Damon to help her now that she is human and vulnerable to her enemies. Matt and Rebecca returned to Mystic Falls after spending a wild summer in Europe where they met a mysterious beauty named Nadia. Elena can't shake the feeling that something is wrong with Stefan, and Silas makes a terrifying appearance at the end of summer party in the town square. All over the place. We really do a lot in this episode. We set up a big season. We do some exposition from the end of season four because there sure was a lot that we needed to carry over. And we do it with a whole lot of fun in between. And romance. And, you know, first day of college vibes. Gotta love that. And with some pretty big guest stars, or at least one big guest star. Yeah, one big guest star. We start the episode at the computer. Elena is typing an email. And it's to Bonnie. This says, hey, Bonnie, how is summer almost over? And yet I feel like I got nothing done. And here we start the montage of seeing, like, what everyone's been up to over the summer. A fixture of the teen drama because summer is often the break between seasons because hello, look at your audience. So we check in with everyone. First, we check in in Damon's room where Elena and Damon, no duh, are having sex. Constantly. They've earned it. Elena narrates, sounds like you're having fun traveling with your mom. I still don't know how I'm supposed to do this whole college thing without you. And Caroline agrees. Then we go over to the Forbes house to check on Caroline. She's packing a whole bunch of stuff and Elena continues She says she spent the summer designing the color palette for a dorm room while Tyler's been away helping some wolf pack in Tennessee. We don't check in with Tyler. Michael Trevino didn't get paid for this episode. It sounds like Tyler spun off. (laughs) The way they phrase this. Like, I know he didn't, but they're like, and Tyler had to go to Tennessee to help a a wolf pack. 
Well, how do you know he didn't spin off? You said you thought Michael Trevino was on the originals and the originals can easily cut between New Orleans and Tennessee. I did consider that possibility because of the Haley factor. Mm -hmm. And we are supposedly meant to learn about her background, which we could assume includes werewolves. He could have spun off. But his name was still in the credits, so I don't think he's spun off yet. It sounded like he spun off on a different show is the, the thing. Oh, sure. He did his voiceover, so he would have been in the credits with or without oh, true, being true. on this show. Just just so you know, he could have spun off. He could be over on the originals right now. We don't know. He may be. I think that would be a kind of a, a herd leap for Klaus, at least. <laughs> yeah. Caroline on the phone is, you know, leaving a voicemail for Tyler, we have to assume, since he's definitely not calling her. All he does is not answer her goddamn calls. What kind of boyfriend is this? Is this y'all king? Honestly, he's cute, but he's not that cute. Yeah. You got to text me back at least like once a day. More than once. That's the minimum. The absolute minimum if you're really busy helping a wolf pack. Because also last time you helped a wolf pack seemed like you cheated on me. So... I'm not exactly trusting it. And also he can be in the corner and being like, okay, keep turning and texting at the same time. Yeah. Multitask. You know, just because he's in the mountains doesn't mean he can't have great service. Because when you have a company like AT&T protecting you, you're always covered. And exactly. If he has AT&T, he really has no excuse. And we know he has AT&T. <laughs> Caroline on the phone says like, don't worry, Tyler. I already sent them your application. All you have to do is register for classes and show up. So she did pretty much all the work already. And that's not a great sign on the on the start. Yeah. If he didn't even want to apply. Things are not looking good for forward at the top of this episode, which at this point, d- does anyone in the audience give a fuck? No. <laughs> break up. Break up. We're like, you know what? This would have been really nice like half a season ago when I could have still gotten a Caroline kiss out of it. And now it's just pissing me off. Yeah. Because who's Caroline going to hook up with now? Jesse? Caroline slut era incoming. Like any true college girly. We'll get to Jesse later. Then we go check in at a hotel in Europe. We have to assume they're in Prague, based on context clues later. Champagne is pouring, and Elena continues. She says, you know, Matt and Rebecca have been sending postcards. I think they're in Amsterdam now. Or was it Prague? I can't keep track, and TBH, I'm not sure I really want to. What's with all these teenagers in postcards? They are so retro for this. I love a postcard. Me too. It's cute. It's a cute, like, cheap souvenir to send someone, like, where you are. I mean, I think Bonnie's using it because... A necessity. She can't call anyone. I think, you know, in Europe, you get a quick little postcard. What else can Matt afford? Here's my question. Who do you think is sending the postcards and to who? Is Matt sending them to Elena? Or is Rebecca sending them to, like, Damon and Elena? Like, what's the what's the traffic there? I bet Matt is sending them, like, essentially addressed to Elena and Caroline. I think Rebecca would send some to, like, Elena. Yeah. Because I think in her mind, they're good friends. She's like, I'm nursing this. She's like, I already got Matt. And then we see that Rebecca and Matt are having a threesome with a mysterious brunette. We later find out her name is Nadia. That's all we need to know about Nadia for now. Mm-hmm. I don't recognize this actress from anything, but I can look her up on IMDb when we talk about her later. Yeah. I thought she looked like Alyssa Milano in this first shot. And I was like, there is no way they got Alyssa Milano for this. And there's no way they got Alyssa Milano to have a threesome with Matt Donovan and Rebecca Michelson, tertiary characters at best. That's why I was confused because it looked like her. And I was like, that can't possibly be her. And it wasn't. (laughs) My mind was testing me. (laughs) Elena says, anyway, can't wait to see you, Bonnie. When do you get back? Love, Elena. Meanwhile, at a bench in a park, Jeremy is typing on his phone. He says, dear Elena, 
And Bonnie says, wait, don't start with dear. So it becomes clear that Bonnie is transcribing emails for Jeremy to send to Elena. Because Bonnie can't like use the computer or anything. She can't touch anything. She's famously a ghost. Jeremy's second ghost girlfriend. Yeah. Jeremy says, it's bad enough you're dead. Now you're a control freak. And Bonnie says, I'm just saying people don't say dear anymore. And Jeremy says, fine. How about what's up, Elena? Bonnie says, thank you. Jeremy's just talking to the air because Bonnie's not really there. He's in the middle of the town square. Not good for his bullying prospects. (laughs) (laughs) Bonnie's voice reads, hey, Elena, what's up? You guys have no idea how much I miss you. Then we go back over to the Salvatore house where Damon and Elena are, guess what? Making out. Bonnie reads, I've been emailing with Jeremy and he says it's surreal to be alive. Jeremy then enters the Salvatore house. Elena spots him mid makeout. She gets up and she says, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I thought you left. And he says, yeah, I did like five hours ago. She's been making out with Damon on the couch for five hours. She's so right. It's like, you guys have this whole house. You don't have to make out on the couch. But that's the thing is they don't have to. They want to. And that's true love. They deserve it. They really do. Of course, call your brother, but who am I? Um, yeah. Damon waves Jeremy off and Jeremy does leave. And Elena says, oh, there's pizza in the fridge. But Jeremy's like, I'm leaving. I'm not doing this. I can't believe I live here now. He said, I wish I had my own fucking house. <laughs> but someone burned it down. <laughs> then we go off to the side of the road somewhere and we see like the shadow of a person. And Bonnie narrates and says, if Catherine ingesting the only cure on this earth and having to live as a human isn't justice, I don't know what is. And then we see Catherine hear a car horn and oh my God, it just throws her off balance. Yeah, she's in her hood. She looks like mascara has been running. I said last episode, how is she going to live as a human? And this looks about right. Yeah, she's got a baseball cap and a hoodie, mascara running down her face. She's still wearing her heels, but looks quite worse for wear. Yeah. Then we go over to the Salvatore house and Elena is sitting in the bathtub while Damon is shaving by the sink. And Bonnie finishes up her email. She says, I miss you guys. I'm glad you're having a great summer. P.S. Have you heard from Stefan? That's what I'm saying this whole episode. I'm saying, hey, P.S. Have you heard from Stefan? And Elena is so visibly affected by this. And it's like, have you not? Has no one asked? Like, have you not been thinking about that at all? (laughs) She's like, fuck that guy. Damon says, hey, are you okay? And Elena's like, yeah, I just, I got this weird feeling like something bad's about to happen. It is. Well, it is the season premiere, girly, so... Good guess. I'm not just going to see you having fun on the Vampire Diaries. Yeah. You've had a whole summer to have fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Damon says, well, something bad is about to happen. You're leaving tomorrow. You're trading all of this for communal showers and a meal plan. And Elena says, hey, can't you just be a normal boyfriend and support me as I attempt to have a normal college experience? And he says, no, I want an 18-year-old girlfriend who doesn't know anything. (laughs) It's like, no, I, I don't want you to think this is creepy ever. And you might think it if you start getting educated by all those lip (laughs) tarts. I don't want you getting educated to the point that you realize I kind of groomed you. But in a cute way. But in in a way, I'm shipping. Now, listen, I ship it. (laughs) But he is a 170-year-old vampire dating an 18-year-old. And I feel like in the current climate, I have to comment. (laughs) We just have to say it. I'll ship it, though. (laughs) Delana says we are eating tonight, but at what cost? No cost. <laughs> no it's cost. free. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> free of charge. I-, I can ignore a whole lot. Yeah, I'll-, I'll ignore a lot. I still ship Ezria. I don't give a fuck. Listen, I'm still like, Ezria's cute. I'm still like, Chuck and Blair is cute. On paper, I understand, yes. 
bad ideals to show teens of our nation. And yet I turned out okay. Again, and here's the thing. It's just really sexy. I'm so sorry. I hate to say it. And sometimes we have to prioritize that. Like if we can't have a sexy couple, like what can we have? I don't think that's asking a lot. Sorry. Sorry. I shipped Elena. And if that's illegal, put me in prison. Lock me up. Lock me up with the other Delena shippers. Look, if I had been watching this when it was on, I would have cyber bullied that new girl on the originals too. Yeah. I'll say it. You would have. I, like, I'm not even joking. <laughs> and if that's a crime, lock me up. In conclusion, lock me up. Damon says, I'd rather ply you with champagne and spend the night convincing you to stay. They giggle and they kiss. And then Elena looks at her phone again. She opens her contacts. <laughs> she scrolls past Cole. You can delete that one, girl. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. Uh, and she scrolls down to Stefan. And she looks at it, but she decides not to call. She puts the phone down. She sighs. She goes underwater in the bathtub. And then we see, you know, cinematography. That bathtub then becomes the safe that is in the bottom of the quarry where Stefan is drowning. He comes to, and then he drowns again. And, you know, what we know about vampires, this is pretty much the cycle he's been on for three months while no one goes looking for him. Well, no one cares what he's up to. And I just want to say, diehard fans will remember way, way back when I first learned about the Gilbert ring. I was like, well, maybe Elena's dad was wearing the Gilbert ring and he's just drowning and coming back to life over and over again at the bottom of Wickery Lake. Now, I didn't know how the ring worked. That wasn't relevant. But it's funny, I guess, that given the current situation we're in. I know. When you said that, I was like, someday she'll she'll giggle. Because there will be someone drowning endlessly. Yeah. And this is hell. Yeah, this is bad. No way to even kill yourself. I mean. This is why, you know, Stefan just goes through so much. And when you're a Stefan girly like me, it's like, I'm sorry. It's hard for me to not be a Stefan girly and defend Damon when Damon's over here having sex with his girlfriend. Just not even thinking about his brother drowning. Had plenty of hardship. Name, Name one. Catherine dumping him? Yes. Elena being mean to him sometimes? And the civil war that he deserted. Name something that happened to Damon that is worse than this. Okay, well, that's not fair. (laughs) But it's not Damon's fault that Stefan has an evil doppelganger. (laughs) That's true. And it's not Damon's fault that Stefan just had to go dump Silas in the quarry alone. Damon offered to go with him. Damon could have forced himself to go. You know what? Let's not get on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's no one's fault. It's just unfortunate. It's it's really unfortunate for Stefan. I feel bad for him. <laughs> that doesn't make me a Stefan girly. It doesn't make him cuter, no matter how many times he drowns. <laughs> I don't care how much water gets in that body. Damon's cuter. <laughs> so then we go over to the Salvatore house where Jeremy's running down like an ironclad excuse. He says, he says, so there were issues at home. You know, ever since I lost my parents and my aunt and I've been acting out, you know, I've been doing drugs and I was drinking and I was looking for more attention. So I lit my house on fire and faked my death. Now, I know you guys spent a long time thinking of this one because it's foolproof. (laughs) Honestly, let's get a couple more pictures on the excuse for the burned house. I really think the bed's made. It's time to transfer schools or be homeschooled or just get a GED. Like, this lie is so bad. Just don't go back to this school. You had a public memorial. Elena was still going to school in the aftermath of this being a raging bitch. Like, what do you expect to happen? 
And he doesn't have any friends at the school. And like, let's be so honestly serious. Why does he need a high school diploma? He can work at the grill pretty much indefinitely. They love him there. And I'm pretty sure someone can compel him a job if necessary. There's no reason why he shouldn't just get a GED online. There's no reason that he needs to be going into school to take probably pre-calc. It's just not necessary. And when you think about how unnecessary it is for him to go to school, combined with the sheer impossibility of this excuse, at least say he faked his death for insurance fraud. Like, or some reason that, like, makes sense. Not like, I was feeling a little crazy, so I faked my death. It literally is like, I was feeling weird, so I burnt my house down and faked my death. Like, literally, just say, like, I ran away. Don't even say you faked your death. Just say you burned the house and ran away. And I didn't call my family. They assumed I was dead. And I don't know what body they found in the house. Yeah. And don't ask any other questions. And don't even send the arson investigators over here. I know the arson investigators are tired of this case. They've been fighting the arson investigators off with a baseball bat. Elena says she gives notes on the excuse. She says, really stress the drug thing. And also definitely say the fire was an accident. Because there's crazy and then there's me. Girl, the fire has to be on purpose. The fire being an accident is honestly worse. Because (laughs) what, he accidentally set his house on fire and he was like, shit, that was a mistake. I'll fake my death. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't get what drug he's on. That doesn't make any sense. What drug exactly makes you do that? And where can I get some, bitch? Yeah, the cops will be like, and what drug were you on? Weed? He's like, well, does it change your opinion if I tell you it was sativa? They say no. And the arson investigators are like, not another fucking wrinkle. Yeah, they said no. It's an electrical fire. We'll leave it at that. I'm going to cover this one up just so I never have to hear the name Elena Gilbert ever again. And then Jeremy says, or, you know, I could just not go back considering my school already had a memorial for me. Yeah, super good read, Jeremy. I think that's actually a great pitch. I think we should take that more seriously. Especially because, like, you know, I'm a Jeremy stan, but I understand I'm in the minority there. I don't think you're in, maybe you are, I don't know. I actually don't know what the wider opinions are. I think I'm in the general minority. I think most people don't care for him. I think you like Jeremy more than the average viewer. Yes. I think plenty of people like Jeremy, but I think you like him a little bit too much. Fair enough. <laughs> but here's my thing. Sure. If I'm going to fake my death, yeah. one of the big benefits of that is I get to see how people react at my funeral, obviously. All right. I can't imagine Jeremy's memorial was like a, a popular event. I'm sure it was sparsely attended. Like, I'm sure people went, but people were like, yeah, I don't really know him that well. Like, he seemed like a sweet guy. Like, I feel bad. I wouldn't want to show my face in school after what I would assume was an embarrassing memorial for Jeremy. Yeah, it was a lackluster memorial. And this is coming from a Jeremy stand is what I'm saying. Like, I would be sad at his funeral, but I can't imagine that was the whole sentiment. Yeah. So that's embarrassing. In general, it's just like, it's weird to go back to school. He's not going to come back and people aren't going to be like, oh my God, thank God you're alive. They're going to be like, what the fuck was that? He was already not entirely popular. And now he's going to be the kid who faked his own death. Not even for insurance fraud, just for giggles. Just to be silly. Just because he was doing too much pot. Yeah. It's not a shock that he got bullied immediately. Yeah. But Damon and Elena don't want to have the conversation about him not going to high school. And said, Damon says, oh, Caroline just pulled up. And Elena says, oh, my God, I can't leave. I should stay and at least wait until Jeremy settles into school. 
And Damon says, hey, you're leaving. You're going to college. You're going to drink cheap beer and protest things you don't care about. Okay. Like what abortion? <laughs> yeah, like what exactly? <laughs> Female rights? Female reproductive rights? <laughs> he says, and I'm going to take care of your little brother. Trust me, you have nothing to worry about. Let's down on that promise pretty quick. Yeah, he is not the most responsible guy. Elena says, okay, well, at least Whitmore's only a few hours away. So if there's anything you need, Jeremy, just call me. So this is confirmation that they are indeed going to Whitmore College, famously the teaching location of one Professor Atticus Shane. Rest in peace. Yeah. The occult department is looking for a new professor. Applications are not coming in. Jeremy says, see you on laundry day. They hug. She says, bye. She goes to Damon and she says, so how do you think this whole long distance thing is going to work? He says, well, personally, I plan on forgetting about you the second you walk out the door. She smiles because giggle, giggle, funny joke. They kiss. Jeremy is like, are you kidding me? Like, I was dead for a long time. You were so excited to have me back. And now all you want to do is kiss your boyfriend. He's like, did you miss me at all? She says, illy. He says, illy. Damon says, off you go. And then we get iconic needle drop. Royals by Lord starts playing. They said, you know what? It's time to use some of this music budget, girl. They said, it's the season premiere. Let's splurge. They said, let's go crazy with it. Because you know, this was like at Royals height. Oh, yeah, this would have been, I think, 2013, 2014. I think last season ended in 2013. Yeah, this episode premiered October 3rd, 2013. So they went to college just a year before us. Isn't that crazy? I can't believe we weren't watching this in high school. I know. But I was tuning in weekly for Pretty Little Liars, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, we were busy. Elena pops back in for one more kiss and then leaves. Jeremy's a little grossed out. Damon looks at him and then his smile drops. Damon says, yeah, we're not doing this. You have to go to school. Jeremy's like, come on. Then we go over to Whitmore College. It is move-in day. Caroline and Elena are both carrying like a hamper each to show they're moving into college. Yeah. Caroline says, oh, so you're dreaming about Stefan. And Elena says, they're not dreams. It's more of a feeling like maybe I should call him. And Caroline says, oh, so he can hear how happy you are with Damon? Absolutely not. He'll call you when he's ready. But also like Caroline, you could call him. (laughs) That's the thing. This is an unfortunate piece of advice because while it is correct, Caroline should be like, it is weird that none of us have heard from Stefan. But again, Stefan's kind of a moody guy and he did say he was going to leave town. So like, I can see devil's advocate. I can see how they're not like totally weirded out that Stefan hasn't called. Well, and especially like because Damon and Elena are getting together and they're just like having sex everywhere. It's not like Stefan experienced that at all before he, you know, was dropped into the water. A drop in the ocean, if you will. A drop in the ocean. (laughs) He was a drop in the ocean. (laughs) But it's reasonable to be like, he wouldn't want to be at home while they are like in their honeymoon phase. Yeah. Elena says, so what? I should just live with this nagging pit in my stomach. And Caroline says, Elena, that pit is called guilt. You feel terrible because you broke Stefan's heart. And that nagging feeling is your brain waking up to tell you that you've made a horrible yet completely reversible mistake. Caroline is a Stellina shipper to her core. She is still pushing, even though it is hopeless. She's like, it's not over yet. She said, Stellina stands, hold on. No, Stellina stands, let go. Elena says, nice try. Besides, Stefan and I left things in a good place. And Caroline says, yeah, that doesn't mean he hasn't been thinking about you shacking up with his brother all summer long. And Liz, who's been here the whole time, is like, hello, mom ears, I'm still here. She's like, I don't really need to hear about y'all's sex lives, okay? Especially with the 170-year-old. Yeah, especially with Damon, who, like, is kind of one of my closer friends. <laughs> Which is weird that he's dating a teenager. Yeah, I think of him as an adult. Yeah. They giggle. 
And Elena says, we're in college. And Caroline says, we actually made it. We're all here. And then Bonnie, who is invisible to them, appears at their side and says, we're all here together. So depressing. I know. And Caroline and Elena walk off. Because they can't hear. And then we go over to Elena and Caroline's dorm, which is like deeply, incredibly fancy. Like, I know it's a TV show and dorms are always fancy on TV shows because it's better set dressing. Mm-hmm. But it is way too fancy. And you made a comment, Stephanie, that it looks like Shane's office. It literally looks like the set for Shane's office cleared out of bookshelves and beds in it. I actually would not be surprised if that were the case. It is funny because it's like a giant room, which makes more sense when there's three of them. You know, we haven't met the third one yet. But it is also like the beds are just like by themselves. Like there's no like cabinets. There's none of the like classic stuff. But, you know, it's got to fit in the aesthetic of the show. The layout is weird. It itself would never work as a dorm. But yes, it's like we are here purely for the aesthetic of the Vampire Diaries. We do not expect to see a normal dorm. And we shouldn't. And honestly, if I did, I would have been mad. Yeah, I'd be like, why are they in that tiny ass room with the microwave and mini fridge stacked on top of each other? Exactly. Elena is unpacking and she finds a panini press. And she says, you brought a panini press? And Caroline says, small appliances by the fridge. She's so slay for that. Liz brings a box in and says, okay, that's the last one. Give me a goodbye hug before I change my mind and drag you home with me. She hugs Caroline and she says, you know, you can call as much as you want. Caroline says, mom, I'll be fine. Liz hugs Elena too and says, this is where your dad fell in love with medicine, you know? She says, he would be really proud to see you here. Elena says, thank you. And I was like, are we going to watch her become a doctor on this show? It feels like we're going a path of like her dad this season, who was famously a gynecologist. Was he a gynecologist? He was, because he helped trade the babies. Right, because he helped Isabel give birth to Elena and then take the baby. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I've had this conversation before where I'm like, he was a gynecologist. And you're like, was he? Where'd you get that information? But I, <laughs> I promise I know that for some reason that I know. Yeah, that, that doesn't stick for me. I just think it's always funny when someone's a gynecologist, you know. Because you're a middle school boy. Well, like when a man's a gynecologist, it's like, what do you need to know so bad? Yeah. And they're, all, and they're always like, oh, no, it's so they can deliver babies. Mm-hmm. And where does the baby come out of? Hmm. That's what I thought. <laughs> Busted. I guess we'll see if Elena chooses to become a doctor. We don't know what either of them are studying at college yet. What do you think their majors are at this moment, if you had to guess? I'm assuming for Elena, you're going to guess pre-med. I would guess pre-med, but if I didn't... I don't know. Elena seems like the type that would be very like pre-med, pre-law, like one of those like baseline ones. Caroline, business of some sort, honestly, or like liberal arts. I could see her being into like history or like sociology. Caroline gives so communications to me. She does a little bit, but I wanted to make her sound smarter. I mean, you could make a lot of arguments for Caroline. She could be a theater major. (laughs) That's wishful thinking from you. Maybe it is. (laughs) Theater kid representation. She's giving Kylan from TikTok the have a great day, not just a good day, who's like in a broadcasting program, like a journalism program. I could see that for Miss Girl. That's cute. Taking over for Andy Starr. Rest in peace. Caroline says, okay, go before I change my mind and make you stay. And Liz says, okay, I'm going, I'm going. Illy, bye girls. And she leaves. And they're like, time to party. Elena says, so roomy, I think we should drink to something. And Caroline says, I couldn't agree more, roomy. They're having such fun with it. They toss each other blood bags because they're both vampires together and they're both finally like okay with being vampires. It took Elena some time. 
Caroline finally has a vampire friend who's not Stefan or Damon. Yeah. And Stefan being your vampire friend is not fun because she's essentially his sponsor. And Damon, it's like, we don't really get along that way. Yeah, and Damon kind of abused Caroline. Yeah, so it's still a a little rough. Yeah, I know we're all a little bit over that by now, but... (laughs) But it's not a great look. So anyway, Caroline's excited to have a high-functioning vampire friend. They hold up their blood bags, and Elena says to us, functional vampires. And Caroline says to the next chapter in our lives. And they cheers, and then there's a knock. So they quickly hide the blood bags, and in comes their roommate, Megan, played by... The incomparable Haley Kiyoko. I was shook by this because I saw her name in the credits, unfortunately. Which is still just as good as like seeing her face. But I think when I watched it for the first time, I didn't see her name in the credits. Imagine my surprise. I loved it because even though I saw her name in the credits and then she came in to be their roommate, I was like, oh my God, obsessed. Because obviously I love Haley Kiyoko. I'm a woman of taste. Yeah, who doesn't? Haley Kiyoko, for those who don't know, most known for Lemonade Mouth and being iconic pop star and being engaged to Bachelor Nation member Becca Tilly. Beautiful couple. Beautiful couple. Haley Kiyoko is great. She looks so silly goofy, but in a very particularly 2013 way in this episode. Oh, yeah. With the knee-high socks and the denim shorts, girl. And the glasses, like her first day of college outfit. She's a computer science girly, or was. Oh, one million percent. Oh, yeah, she's <laughs> she was going to be. She would have been. She would have been a girl who coded. <laughs> she says, hey, Caroline says, who are you? And she says, I'm Megan, your roommate. Like, did y'all not see the third bed? Yeah. Go- Although I guess maybe they thought Bonnie was going to be their third roommate. Even though they know she's traveling. Unclear. Then we go over to Mystic Falls High School. Jeremy is sitting alone in a classroom. Super great way to avoid being bullied. <laughs> He's talking to the air because he's talking to Bonnie and he says Caroline says get your ass to Whitmore Bonnie we need you and Bonnie says tell her I'm at the Grand Canyon she's just picking places out of a hat at this point yeah (laughs) what happens when you say I'm at the Grand Canyon and Caroline says oh my god send a picture and then you send a google image of the fucking Grand Canyon well you say I'm at the Grand Canyon she says weren't you there three months ago and she said I just love it so I came back and then she says well why would you go from New York straight to the Grand Canyon. That's just not an efficient travel route. She's building a delicate house of cards. Yeah. And it will come crashing down, we can assume. Jeremy says, you do realize you're just postponing the inevitable, right? Like what happens when your dad finds out you've been dead all summer? Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Check. Funny <laughs> <laughs> says, how many postcards have I sent him? And how many times has he called? I've done enough. He's clearly not missing me. Very sad. Jeremy says, well, what about Elena? And Bonnie says, I literally just saw her at college. Uh, she seemed genuinely happy. I'm not taking that away from her. You know, we're lucky, Jeremy. How many people die and still get to talk to their best friends? And Jeremy says, how many best friends can't feel each other? Yeah, he's like, you saw Elena at college, but she didn't see you. That's not really a friendship. Yeah, you're not really like talking to your best friend so much as you're talking to me and I'm texting. He's like, and not to be like, whatever about it, but I've tried dating the ghost before. Everyone hated it last time and they were right. (laughs) That was bad. It was unsustainable. Remember how much you hated that when you were alive? She says, but it's different now because I'm dead. (laughs) The bell rings and he says, I should get going. The freak who faked his own death can't also be late for math. And he leaves. I think you can. (laughs) Little track with your character. (laughs) might as well it's even weirder if the guy who faked his own death is on time for math yeah it's like why are you so excited to get back to math weirdo 
What'd you miss so much about math? <laughs> then we go over to the dorm. Megan sets up her tablet. It is a Surface. It is a Microsoft Surface, which in 2013 was new. They were getting that ad money for this, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. They got big money for Microsoft to push the Surface. Caroline is angrily folding her clothes while Elena is calling Damon. Damon says, what? How'd that happen? And Elena says, there must have been a mix-up at the housing office. And Damon says, compulsion. The unwanted roommate repellent. And Elena says, that's exactly what Caroline said. Mind you, Megan is within earshot. Yeah, like you don't need to eavesdrop with any special vampire power if you're in a dorm room. Yeah. (laughs) Even if she's only hearing Elena's side of the conversation, it's obvious they're talking about Megan. Damon says, so compel her ass out the door. And Elena says, Damon, what's the point of going to college if we're just going to recreate what happened in Mystic Falls? Damon says, oh, look at you giving it the old college try. And she says, okay, did Jeremy get to school okay? Damon says, yep, showered, groomed, even cut the crust off his PB&J myself. Hee ha ha. Elena says, oh, so what you're saying is like me being here and you being there, like this could actually work. It's been like 12 hours, Elena. Let's not get crazy with it. Let's take some time before we make a definitive judgment there. Let's give it a week. At the Salvatore house, meanwhile, Damon walks into the living room and he finds Catherine. And he says, okay, uh, exactly. Listen, I got to go. And he hangs up. And Catherine says, it's been a long summer, Damon. And she sounds like she's been chain smoking. Yeah. Like, well, because she's been walking everywhere. She doesn't know how to get a license or a car. She certainly doesn't know how to be hydrated. So then we go out to the town square. There's a big end of summer party in the town square. Lanterns, drinks, whatever, you get it. It's not the most insanely themed party, but it is like the C plot. So we don't really need to put that much focus on it. Matt is getting a beer, or maybe he's serving a beer. I don't know. He's got his t shirt on. Rebecca approaches and she says, Five star restaurants in Paris to tapping a keg in a park. Tragic. Then they make out for a while. Rebecca's hair also looks beautiful, I have to say. She's got that had sex all summer glow. Yeah, the European glow. Matt says, I thought we said no strings. And she says, who said there were strings? And they keep kissing. And then he says, hey, weren't you leaving town? And she says, I thought I'd give you one last chance to come with me. Neither of these two want to spin off. Yeah. Matt says, I have to work. Like, I'm back in the real world now. I need a paycheck. I mean, and, you know, not like I'm encouraging Matt spinning off, but he could be a busboy in New Orleans. They have busboy jobs everywhere. I don't know if he knows this. Yeah, he could probably make more money. And also, guess what your paycheck is for now? Being Rebecca's boyfriend. I'm sure she'd pay you well. Yeah. There are worse jobs, like busing, for example. Exactly. Rebecca says, great, maybe you can replace those earrings that street rat Nadia stole in Prague. And Matt says, yeah, those earrings don't bring you back to life. How am I going to explain to Jeremy she stole the Gilbert ring? He is such a dumbass. How are you going to get the Gilbert ring stolen? Keep it on your hand and keep a fist. Everyone else figured out how to keep a hold of it. How rude is that? You get someone else's magical ring and you immediately get it stolen. And it's the only one of these left, we know, because they melted alert. Yeah. I wonder if there was a conversation to be had that Jeremy was like, can I have that back? No. I mean, I do think it is definitely unclear if it would work on Jeremy. Being a hunter and having Titan come back to life isn't the ring like, you know what, you're being greedy. Yeah. Because, you know, one thing about Jeremy, you cannot keep a bitch down. Yeah. <laughs> And I love him for it. Yeah. I'm guessing that Jeremy's like, you know what? Honestly, if I die, let the good Lord take me, bitch. I've had enough. I've had it. If the Grim Reaper wants me that bad, I mean, it's clear he's going to have to pull pretty damn hard. If the Grim Reaper comes for me again, he can have me. Okay. 
I've been thinking this. I would love to see Jeremy in a Final Destination movie. <laughs> He'd get out of it every time. The actor or the character? No, the character. Like, because <laughs> death is chasing him and it's missing every time. <laughs> it can't get him. It can't get him. Rebecca says, oh, tell me about a threesome. He'll understand. Ha ha ha. I don't think he will, but <laughs> sure. She says, okay, don't call, don't write, and whatever you do, don't you dare miss me. And then they kiss, she leaves, he smiles. Whatever. She really strong-armed him into this, and you know what, slay for that. I love it for her. She really pulled that one off. People said it couldn't be done. It's brave. She's a feminist. She is an icon, and she is the moment. Then we pan away from Matt and Rebecca, and who is walking in the background but Silas. You can tell he's a little evil because his hair's a little spikier than Stefan's. Yeah, it's a little bigger from all angles and a little pointier. Mm -hmm. And he's got his nice little like, um, what's that fabric called? Chambray. He's got his little dark gray chambray shirt. Liz spots him and she says, oh my God, look who's back. And Silas says, oh, look who's eating her feelings. Bitch. She says, oh yeah, I just dropped the girls off at Whitmore. Please join me as I drown my sorrow in comfort food. He sits down and he takes a styrofoam cup and he takes the top off the cup with the straw. And then he grabs Liz's wrist and a knife. And she says, hey, um, Quick question, what are you doing? Yeah. He says, oh, well, I'm outing myself as not Stefan, obviously. Like, we're past this. He slices her wrist and he says, don't be afraid, don't move. She says, hey, what's happening? He says, you know, we've met before, actually. When I was appearing as your daughter to bash your head in, ring any bells? She says, Silas. And he says, indeed. And then he gives us some exposition about Silas because they really rushed it at the end and we need to catch up. It's been a few months since we watched the last episode. If we're watching live, we luckily are not. He says... I'm a 2,000-year-old immortal that Caroline and her friends thought they got rid of. Liz says, are you appearing to me as Stefan? And Silas says, yes and no. This is my true form. Stefan is my doppelganger. And then he says, you're confused. I know that because I can read your thoughts. It's understandable. I've been a little bit cryptic lately. He's just been walking around waiting for the people to go to college so he can start hypnotizing a town. Start his business. Liz says, what's with the knife? Most vampires go straight for the neck. And Silas says, oh, oh please, Liz. Okay, I came first. He says, he says first of all, Liz, gag. <laughs> first of all, gag me with a spoon. I can't believe you would say that. He says, vampires are nothing more than a disgusting perversion of me. I'm unkillable, immortal, and psychic. And to function, I happen to need human blood. But don't you ever call me a vampire. Real high horse for someone who's been dead for 2,000 years. Like, how long were you even alive? Exactly. You were dead for 2,000 years. And the only reason you're awake is because of mm, blood. <laughs> Sounds like a vampire to me. You had no issue biting a neck when you were getting up. Had no issue <laughs> biting Jeremy's neck, did you? So what's this about? <laughs> and then he puts her wrist down. And he says, cheers. He drinks from the cup. He got very little blood out of it somehow. He pats her wound with a paper towel. Dry paper towel. And he says, unfortunately, I can see that you can't help me find what I'm looking for. So all you need to remember, Liz, is that Stefan stopped by to say hello. And then we see her like kind of snap out of this or snap into, you know, the compulsion. And she says, call your friend, Stefan. Let him know you're okay. And he says, we'll do, Sheriff. And he leaves. I wish that on the way out, he had the paper towel he wiped with and ate it like a chip. <laughs> Just like a little snap. Because yeah. he like doesn't know what paper is. Yeah. <laughs> He just thinks everything's food until proven otherwise. We go back over to Whitmore, where Megan, Caroline, and Elena are just walking around campus, you know, exploring the campus. And Megan says, so your current boyfriend, Damien, and Elena says, Damon. She says, don't make it sound stupid, Megan. 
Megan says, so he's your ex's brother. And Elena says, Stefan. And Megan says, and you and Stefan are friends, but three months ago, he left without saying goodbye. And Elena says, do you think I should call him? And Megan says, no way. And Caroline says, absolutely not. <laughs> it's unanimous. <laughs> That's that. Megan says, oh, Caroline, do you have a boyfriend? And Caroline says, as a matter of fact, I do. His name's Tyler. He had to miss move-in day, but he'll be here for the first day of classes. And Elena says, yeah, assuming he registers and picks a dorm and buys books. Elena saw the writing on the wall, bitch. Who's this no humanity Elena coming out? <laughs> well, you have to assume that, like, this has been a little bit simmering for a while. Well, especially because it's all summer. They've been planning to go to college. And Carolyn keeps being like, yeah, and Tyler's going to come. He just hasn't done anything yet. And Elena's like, okay, well, I fear I see where this is going. And all summer, by the way, Tyler had the okay to come back to Mystic Falls. Klaus gave the okay at graduation. Yeah. So I'm sure there was a point in, like, June when Carolyn's like, oh, yeah, and Tyler's going to come with us. And Elena's like, oh, right, he can't be here because he can't be in Mystic Falls. And Carolyn's like, oh, didn't I tell you? Like, Klaus said it's okay for Tyler to come back. And Elena said, oh. Does Tyler know that? Elena said, oh, I see where this relationship's going. Not my business. I'm going to go have sex with Damon again. Yeah, Elena's like, I am not looking forward to dealing with Caroline after a breakup when I am busy having the most sex of my life. Yeah. So I'm just going to let this take its own course. I'm not pushing this at all. Yeah. Caroline ignores this comment from Elena because it can't be the first time Elena said something like this. (laughs) And Caroline says, speaking of minding one's own business, let's talk (laughs) roommate ground rules. Privacy is very important to me. Megan says, yeah, same here. And Caroline says, I have low blood sugar. My diet's finicky, so keep your paws off my stuff. Megan says, yeah, we'll split up the shelves. Yeah, Megan's like, cool, that's totally fair. And Caroline says, and if I suddenly get up to leave or disappear for a while, don't follow me or look for me. Megan says, okay, sounds good. If my roommate said this to me, I'd be like, okay, sure. Do you want to get lunch or... Yeah, like on day one of college, you'd be like, oh, she's got low blood sugar. She's weird about her personal space, whatever, whatever. But like, she's like, if I suddenly leave or disappear for a while, it's like, oh, so she just wants to be a whore. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to follow her because she must be doing something interesting. Now I want to follow you more. (laughs) I'd be like, here's the thing. You're my roommate, so you're going to be my very best friend. So you're going to bring me if you go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. That's how it works. (laughs) Elena says, great. So we agree on everything. And some guy comes up and he says, all right, hey, party at Whitmore House tonight. And I don't know how the fuck he knows about it, seeing as he's 35. (laughs) Yeah, he does not look age appropriate. Come on, casting department. I know you got some youngins out there. He looks literally older than Damon. He's a contemporary of John Gilbert. (laughs) Elena says, yeah, we'll be there. (laughs) Elena's going to flirt. Yeah, she's like, I have a boyfriend at home. That's great. I can look at the merchandise, babe. I can window shop just because I can't buy anything doesn't mean I can't look around. The guy's like, oh, yeah, I hope you guys will be there. And then he checks Caroline out on the way out. And Elena's like, I love college. And Caroline's like, I'm annoyed. (laughs) Caroline's like, this is not my favorite place I've ever been, to be honest. Then we go over to Mystic Falls High School. Jeremy gets a call from Elena, which he declines. But then even if he didn't decline it, he gets shoved. And a guy says, hey, look who rose from the dead. And then he knocks Jeremy's phone out of his hand. Like, again, it's fair to bully him for this. This isn't, like, a gotcha, really? Like, yeah. If anything, this is my thing. If there's a guy I went to high school with, and he dies in a house fire, and then, like, six months later, they're like, oh, actually, he was really high and burned his house down and faked his own death? Oh, I'm not getting anywhere near that kid. Oh, I'm not. He's number one on my suspected school shooter list at that point. 
Especially because he's just been bulking up little by little. For what? For what exactly? Exactly. I'm not touching this guy. Yeah. I'm not bothering him. I'm like, oh, he's weird. Absolute best case scenario. He has some kind of weird vibe that somehow kills me. I'm not risking my luck with that. I'm not getting involved in that. Can you imagine if there's like a contingent of girls at the high school who are like, Jeremy Gilbert's so hot now. <laughs> like obsessed with him making his own death. If it were me, like, yes, ideally with the mind I have, I'd be freaked out by that situation. But being realistic. <laughs> but being realistic, like in my goth emo era, that might have been a selling point to me that he faked his own death. That would have made him hotter to me. You'd been like, I can fix him. I can make him realize that, like, life is worth it. Yeah. Very manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. You're like, I can do it. I can fix them. I can get him off drugs. <laughs> Jeremy, this isn't you. He's like, it isn't. I promise. I really did die. He's like, it's really not. You got the wrong guy. So his phone gets knocked out of his hand. Jeremy goes to pick it up, and another guy kicks it and shoves him and says, nice phone. Does it ever ring? Which... Upon discussion, I do think is like, you have no friends. Yeah, like a dig, like, why are you on the phone? No one calls you. But like, he literally just declined to call. Yeah, it's a clunky insult at best. Just call him a fucking freak and move on. Like, you don't need to reinvent the wheel here. Yeah. And they should be able to see this guy's got a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle type build. Yeah. Shove him and walk away. Don't start a fight. Because guess what? Jeremy starts a fight. And he totally schools them. It's very sexy. And then he realizes it would be bad if he beat two guys to death on his first day of school. So he grabs his stuff and walks away. And everybody's just watching in the hallway like, well, damn, it's half and half. People are like, yeah, I'm definitely staying away from that kid. And the other girls are like, I got to talk to him. Yeah, get me, get me to him. I'm going to go stand by his locker, see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think he's going to need a lab partner in biology? What do you think his homecoming situation is? (laughs) Is it too early to start asking about prom? (laughs) Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Catherine is drinking a bourbon. And she says, you're going to have to cut me off soon. My tolerance is a joke now. It is so glorious. Girl, you are drinking like cups of straight bourbon. Like you're not helping your tolerance. Yeah. Damon says, you're miserable. (laughs) Okay, Sherlock Holmes. Where'd you get that information? Her face? How'd you figure that one out? Oh my God, is that Silas reading minds? (laughs) Catherine says, please. I'm Catherine Pierce. I'm a survivor. And Damon says, you're a liar. Your hair is messed up. Your nails are chipped. You're a sad, miserable human being and you want me to turn you. So here. He bites his wrist and he holds it out and says, here, drink up. I'll kill you. You'll bite the mailman. You'll be a vampire again. Go ahead. Come on. Which it makes sense. Of course she would want to turn again. Yeah. But Catherine looks at it and says, like, I can't. Okay. No one's ever taken the cure before. If I die, there's a good chance I may never wake up. This is a good suspicion to have. And it's like, there's no one you can really test it on. Yeah, there's no way to know without just trying. But also, like, it's really easy to die as a human. So you may just want to risk it. Like, I know Catherine has been, like, living for 500 years. But if we're being totally, completely honest, like, what do you have going on right now? (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, and again, I know logistically, like, Nina Dobrev can't spin off. Like, honestly, I just think I would probably get further looking for answers about this with Klaus and Elijah. Well, and also, like, Elijah would really respond to Catherine being a human. Like, he would love that shit. Oh, yeah. Talk about I can fix her. Yeah. 
obviously she can't be on both shows but if Catherine called him up and said hey elena force fed me the cure i really need you right now he'd be like come on down mm-hmm. not that i know what's going on on the originals but i assume he'd be okay with it yeah Damon says, oh, my God, you may never wake up. That would be tragic. It's like, okay. It's like, well, you don't really need to do that. Sorry she dumped you. Catherine says, you know, and deep down in that mushy, gushy, Elena loving heart, there's a part of you that doesn't want me to die. It's like, I don't know if that's a correct read. I don't think he's dying for you to die. But he's also not dying for you to live. Yeah, he's not, like, going to protect you. He mostly was, like, willing to turn you so you would just go. Yeah. He says... What are you doing here, Catherine? And then the Salvatore residence phone rings. Catherine picks it up and says, Salvatore residence. And she says, oh my God, hello, Principal Weber. This is Elena. Oh dear. Well, we will find him. And she hangs up. She says, okay, so Jeremy's been expelled. Elena's gonna be cool with that, right? Took him one day. (laughs) Damon's like, okay, when I get back here, you're gonna be gone. And Catherine says, wait, Damon, (laughs) there's someone chasing me. And he says, Okay, then run. I don't know what to tell you. He's like, I don't know what you want me to do about it. He's like, we live in a house full of vampires. No one has to be invited in and we don't lock our door, clearly, because you got in here. So in what world am I helpful? Yeah. Even if I were to protect you, this house isn't even that safe. (laughs) Go to the Lockwood house. You can just walk right in now. Exactly. Catherine says, Damon, you don't understand. I have enemies everywhere. What happens when word gets out that I'm a human? I can't protect myself. I'm weak and slow. Do you have any idea what it's like to run in heels? I have blisters, Damon. Just help me. I'm sure she hasn't had a blister in 500 years. Well, especially because like when she turned, you know, she was like living in a cabin and then she was living at court. She was not wearing the kind of heels she's wearing now. Yeah. I think she honestly didn't know what a blister felt like. Yeah. I'm sure she had heard about them through the grapevine, but the only blisters she had experienced were on old shoes. And she's so far from it by now. She's like, people are being really dramatic about blisters. Yeah. Why doesn't everyone walk in heels all the time? And now she's human and she's like, oh, I get the point of ballet flats now. She's like, I'm starting to understand those Converse. God damn. Yeah, she's like, damn, those Converse look good. <laughs> <laughs> then we go over to the quarry and we check in on Stefan. He is in the safe still. He comes to and he drowns again, pretty much prior for the courts over there. What we've come to expect. But this time he hallucinates and we check in on his hallucination. And we can tell it's a hallucination because it's really like overexposed. In his hallucination, he's at the Salvatore house and Damon gives him a bourbon and says, you know, I wish I could say it gets better. And Stefan says, the answer is no, Damon. And Damon says, why? So you can keep dying and coming back to life? You felt nothing but sheer agony for three months. You hallucinate conversations with me to have something to do. Like, okay, in case we didn't pick up on that. (laughs) He's having such a hard time hallucinating that his hallucination has to tell him it's a hallucination. (laughs) Like he's, he's taking it too far. And Damon says, just turn off that pesky humanity switch. And Stefan says, it won't take the pain away. And Damon says, yeah, but it'll turn off your misery, your fear, your hopelessness. And Stefan says, and then what? Let's just say you actually notice I'm gone. Let's say I get out of this. What good is it if I'm a monster again? How is that any better than any of this? And then he turns away. He remains drowned. I see both points here. Mm -hmm. But like humanity on or off, drowning is going to like physically hurt. The drowning isn't going to get easier. Like you won't be scared of drowning, but 
I'm sure at this point he's done being scared of drowning too. Like, yeah, it, like it's definitely inconvenient. He doesn't like love it. Yeah, like he'd rather not, but it's not like he's like, oh no, what if I drown? Like he can't really do anything about it at the time. And if his humanity's on, at least he has plenty to hallucinate about. Yeah. Like he has something to keep him going. The humanity off is so stupid. Because then he's not going to fight to get out. Yeah, well, and even if it's not fighting to get out, like it's just boring. Like you can't kill yourself. There's no TV. You don't even have a book with you that you can read over and over again that you would that would somehow not be water damaged. Like you don't even have an iPod Nano. Yeah. <laughs> you got nothing. Like you might as well sit and think about your emotions. Free therapy. Take this time to think really critically about why you react that way to human blood. And maybe by the time you get out, you won't be an alcoholic anymore. Take this time to think like, do you actually love Elena or do you love the idea of her? And yeah. while you're at it, think critically like, has Caroline been there for you this whole time? And isn't she kind of cute when you think about it? And you know what? Maybe I did love Catherine at a time. And you know what? I think I'm willing to admit that now because I spent all this time in my feelings in a safe drowning. That's my recommendation for him. Look at it as an opportunity. <laughs> uh, like, you can't do anything else. You might as well sit and think. Me, I'd be watching a movie in my head. Yeah, me, I'm I'm doing Legally Blonde in my head. I'm singing. I'm watching the Reputation Studio tour in my head. <laughs> I am having conversations with every person I've ever met in my entire life, in my hallucinations. And in my hallucinations, everyone's obsessed with me, by the way. I am fighting everyone. I'm reading them off with filth. <laughs> I'm winning every conversation. I'm going to come out of this safe like in fights with people. Yeah. Because I've been thinking too hard in my hallucinations. Because why'd you say that to me <laughs> while I was in the safe? But it was really me. <laughs> yeah. So we go back to the dorm. Caroline is snooping through Megan's stuff. I mean, you gotta. Yeah. Normally you'd wait till you're alone in your room to do this, but you already have a best friend with you, so why not? Caroline says, did you notice how Megan's juicer takes up all the small appliance space? She has an entire drawer dedicated to organic linen. And Elena says, you know, I hate to be a wet blanket, but what happened to privacy? And Caroline said, well, I only meant that about me. Yeah. Caroline says, well, maybe if she didn't take such long showers, I wouldn't have time to go through her stuff. She raises an excellent point. Caroline says, how are you okay with a third roommate? And Elena says, because we're trying to be functional and being functional means we need friends. And Caroline says, well, we also need personal space. I mean, like, what if we suddenly get a craving and I want to eat her? Or what if our blood bags go bad because we can't store them in the mini fridge? And then she opens the mini fridge and finds a bunch of bottles of water. And she says, and what the hell is protein water? And then she opens it and she says, you know what? Maybe if I drink it all, she'll want to move out. And then she starts drinking the protein water, obvious knockoff of vitamin water, but they couldn't get the vitamin water account apparently. Then she, you know, it hisses, she starts coughing, and she says, Vervain! Once she started drinking the water, I was like, there's Vervain in there. Yeah, there's no reason she'd be drinking a water bottle if it wasn't Vervain. Well, and it is a very fair concern, the mini fridge. Like, they need a place to put blood bags. Yeah. Like, that is a reason to not have a roommate. Like, she's not just being crazy. Yes, that is one reason. I do think also a part of it is being afraid of change. But I think mostly it's like just not being in control of her college experience, which she has obviously spent a long time thinking about. And this really throws a lot of it out of whack. Yeah, this is a curveball. To which I say, just go to the housing office and compel someone. Like, let's not waste our time. Yeah. You don't even have to compel Megan, too. You can just be like, hey, 
we really wanted to room with our friend. Would you mind requesting like a switch or something? Or just wait until she dies. Yeah, they didn't really have to worry about any sort of plan here. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Caroline coughs a lot because of the vervain, and Megan comes out of the bathroom in her town. She's like, oh my God, what's going on? Are you okay? Also worth noting, they have their own bathroom. Yeah, nice ass dorm room. It's like, Elena says, yeah, she's fine. And Caroline's like, yeah, water went down the wrong pipe. I'm okay. And then she says, I shouldn't have touched your stuff. I'm sorry. Yeah, because she did get caught with the water bottle in her hand. Um, and Megan says, oh, it's fine. It just sounded like someone was dying out here. I'm glad you're okay. And she goes back to the bathroom. So Caroline starts to panic. She says she knows who we are. She drinks vervain water. And Elena says that doesn't mean that she knows about us. Yeah, because she could just drink vervain for some other reason. But it is fair to worry that, like, whether she knows you're a vampire or not, if she's drinking vervain, she knows about vampires. It puts you in a precarious situation. This is when you go to the housing office and say, hey, get... Get Megan a single all to herself. Like, I do think it's fair to not be too worried. She might not know about you. But the thing is, is like someone who does know vampires exist will be able to figure out you're a vampire a lot quicker than someone who's never heard of vampires. Yeah. And yes, there is the chance that like someone like her dad gave her that water without telling her Vervain was in it. But again, housing office time. There's just no point to risk it. Like you don't really need to do it. You gave it a good shot. Time to go. Caroline says, like, we share a bathroom with this girl. Like, what if she's a hunter and she stakes us when we're in the shower? Or she steals her daylight rings while we're asleep and we burst into flames when the sun comes up. And Elena says, don't you think if she was a hunter, we'd be dead by now? And Caroline says, I think we should lock her up, let the vervain get out of her system and compel her to forget about us. A little bit too far, Caroline. Yeah, a little bit much, a little more than I think you need to do. But you're concerned. I get that. Elena says, Caroline, I'm not kidnapping our roommate. The best way to convince her we're normal is to act normal and do normal freshman stuff. And Caroline says, such as? Elena starts moving her shoulders because she's excited because we go over to a party. The party at Whitmore House we talked about earlier. Don't know what Whitmore House is. Don't care. It's a party. Just a big house on the campus. They arrive and the guy who gave them the flyer comes up to Caroline and he says, hey, I remember you guys. Elena says, oh, flyer guy. And he says, Jesse, technically, but flyer guy works too. Jesse is played by an actor named Kendrick Sampson. He is known for Insecure. He played Nathan Campbell. He was in Miss Juneteenth, which I know is very popular. I didn't see that. He was also in a Hallmark movie called Fashionably Yours. Sounds good. And he was also in The Flash. The one with Grant Grant Gustin. Yeah. He was also... In How to Get Away with Murder. Who was he in that? Caleb Hapstall. He was in 13 episodes, starting in season two. I liked that show. I never really got into it, but maybe I should watch it. He was also on two episodes of a show I notably love, Greek. Oh, you do love Greek. <laughs> when they wrote me, I love Greek. So he had his college experience. So here he is. Elena says, well, I'm Elena, and this is Caroline. Caroline turns right away. She's like, I'm not interested. She barely looks at him. She turns to the party and he says, nice to meet you. Um, she says, hi. And she walks away. And then Elena like looks at him like apologetically and she follows Caroline. And Elena says, you can't be nice to the guy. Elena clearly trying to set Caroline up because she sees something coming with Tyler. Yeah, she's like, oh, we got to get ahead of this. Yeah. Also, we didn't mention, but Elena's got a braid crown on for tonight. Oh, yeah. We should mention this. It is a weird hairstyle for her. She works it. 
it's cute. A braid crown's always cute. But the thing about a braid crown, and particularly this one, there's not enough hair on her head to have this big of a braid and the amount of hair out of it. Yeah. It's just not realistic. It's just not working. And I've tried a braid crown many times because they look so cute. I can't. I love that they did something a little bit different with Elena's hair because she has been wearing her hair stick straight for four seasons until she got the red streak in. Yeah. Now she's much more adventurous. Yeah, I'm happy to see it doing some different stuff. So I support it. It's just kind of, it was unexpected. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> We're doing this now. Like, oh, a braid's in there today. <laughs> Never seen a braid near your head at all. <laughs> Caroline says, you know, I'm with Tyler. I can't be nice to the guy. And Elena says, are you? Because he hasn't called. Elena, don't bring the night down already. Elena, please. We are just getting started. No one's even drunk yet. Caroline says, yeah, from the mountains of Appalachia. Elena says, look, I'm just saying, I don't want you to get your hopes up thinking that he's coming when he really hasn't shown much interest. And you know what? This is rude. But I do think Elena's heart is in the right place. And she ends up being right. So I do think, I think Elena is right for this. I hate to say it. I, you know, I don't think it's crazy because I do think she's probably been watching this all summer and is like, hey, like, I know you've been in denial all summer and that's fine. But like, we're here now. I don't really want you to be attached to this and like have it damper the college experience because Elena does seem willing to like, let this be a new place, a new experience, whereas Caroline is a little more set in her ways. Shocking, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Caroline says, well, did you tell Damon you're having dreams about Stefan? She said, I can play this game too, bitch. Yeah, she said, we can all talk about our relationships all night long. Do we want to keep doing that? And Elena smartly bows down. And Caroline says, see, your relationship is perfect. And then they get to the door and they can't get in. We hear the little sound cue, so we know it's particularly because they need to be invited. And Elena says, oh my God, someone must own this place. We have to be invited in. And then Megan comes to the door. But we know Megan doesn't own this place because she lives in their room. Not necessarily. I guess, yeah, you're right. (laughs) I don't think she owns it, but I just, we haven't had that confirmed. I'm trying to get ahead of it. (laughs) Megan comes to the door and says, hey, I was wondering if you guys were going to make it. And then Jesse appears behind them. He's like, you guys going in? And they're like, you want to ask us anything? (laughs) (laughs) He said, you want to invite us? Also, do you own this place? Elena says, "Uh, you go ahead, Jesse. And, And Jesse goes in. And Megan says, why are you guys just standing there? And Elena says, um, Caroline? And Caroline says, we're waiting for someone. She's late. Thanks, Caroline, for carrying the lie. Even though it took you a second. It took you guys too long. That's more suspicious than anything. But also, Megan doesn't know them. She could think they're drunk. It is kind of strange. I mean, this, you know, it doesn't work with the show. But it's kind of crazy that as three roommates, like Megan went to this party alone. Like they didn't walk over together. I know that's a stupid little college logistic, but maybe she had someone to talk to. I was going to say, maybe she has some allies at this school. Or some enemies. Something to consider. Megan says, okay, well, I'm going to go hang. And she leaves. And Caroline says, like I said, she knows. Do you think Megan knows they're vampires? I think she would have suspicions, but I don't think knows knows. Although there is also, they touch on this in a second, like, the odds of someone knowing about vampires being their random roommate, it's suspicious. It's suspicious. Suspicious at best. We didn't see any evidence that she knows, but she's probably aware of vampires in some way. And if she didn't know, she would have figured out if she hadn't already. Mm -hmm. Then we go over to the grill 
Damon finds Jeremy there and he says, one day, one day where you don't screw it up. And Jeremy says, okay, just leave me alone. And Damon says, you know, you're lucky you didn't put one of those idiots in the ICU. And Jeremy says, yes, says the guy that once killed me. Damon said, I did that in the privacy of your own home away from prying eyes. Unlike you, who went all hunter in the middle of the hallway. You got expelled, genius. And Jeremy says, does that mean I don't have to go back to school? Please say yes. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to be there, King. This might have <laughs> worked out for all of us. Damon says, I compelled Principal Weber into a very generous three-day suspension. Elena does not need to know about this. Finish eating and meet me outside. If I were Jeremy, I'd be like, I do not want to go back in three days. I need time for the rumor mill to calm down. I just stopped going to school. Yeah. Then I'll get expelled for truancy. I don't care. I will literally leave the house for eight hours every day and not go to school. Because Damon's not going to go to school and check. His girlfriend's not there anymore. Unless he wants a new 18-year-old girlfriend. Yeah, unless Elena's aging out. Yeah. <laughs> Damon gets up and turns to leave, but he sees Silas, though at first he thinks it's Stefan. Silas says, hello, Damon. Damon says, Stefan, welcome home. Silas says, thanks. They hug. They look at each other and they like nod a few times. They're clearly both sizing each other up. Like Silas is like, this working? Damon's like, is Stefan still mad at me? And Silas is like, is he buying this? <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, they're both looking at each other like, I think it's good. Damon does kind of make a face after the kind of half hug that's almost like, does Damon suspect something? Like, but it's also like, why did Stefan leave for three months? Like, it's an uncomfortable situation for Damon regardless. Yeah. And Damon figuring out it was Silas would require critical thinking, not something he's generally known for. Yeah. We go back over to Whitmore House. Elena and Caroline are outside. Elena calls Megan and she leaves a voicemail. She says, hey, just calling to let you know why we left. So call me when you get a chance. Bye. So weird to even leave this voicemail. Yes. And I mean, I know it's a TV show. So like there's some things we have to get over. Any normal person would just send a text and say like, hey, Caroline got drunk and threw up. We're going back. Like see you at home. Sorry to leave you. See you at the room. Yeah. Text me if you need me or something. But whatever. Caroline says, okay, it's settled. When she leaves, we grab her. And Elena says, or we could just let her know that you weren't feeling well. And Caroline says, Elena, she saw us stuck at the threshold. We might as well have flashed her her fangs. And Elena says, there's no way that out of the thousands of freshmen, we were randomly paired with someone who knows about vampires. And Caroline says, well, maybe it isn't random. Yeah. And I have to agree with Caroline here. I think that's a fair suspicion. Elena gets a call from Megan. And Elena's like, oh my God, Megan, hey girl, what's up, queen? And Megan says, Elena, you have to help me. He's chasing me. And Elena says, who? Megan says, Elena, Elena, please help me. And Elena says, oh, we can't come inside. The line's too long. The line's too long. And you can tell when she says it, she's like, that was stupid. But I mean, there's a whole party of people who are closer. Like, sorry. Yeah. And Elena's like, oh, come out. Where are you? And Caroline says, get outside. We can help you. And then Megan does get outside. Uh, She gets thrown out a window, we can assume, because she flies to the ground. We hear the glass, yeah. We hear the glass. She lands on the ground. They go up to her, and she's clearly got, like, blood on her neck. And Caroline says, who did this to her? And Elena says, this was a vampire. So next time you go to college, maybe a little further from Mystic Falls, because vampires still run rampant here, I guess. Clearly there's plenty. And, you know, poor Megan. But we do have to, you know, we have to pay attention to the fact that even if Megan knew they were vampires, she had no issue calling Elena for help mm-hmm. and not someone else. That's another clue. I'll just say that. And I do want to bring up something. You know, Megan says he's chasing me, mm-hmm. which implies that she like knows this person who's chasing her. Yeah, definitely. 
almost 100%, I would say. Any any suspicions? I mean, I know it's a new season, so we might expect it's a new character. I mean, we have to throw out Jesse. He's the only guy we met. He brought them to this house. We just have to consider it. Yeah. We know it's not Silas, at least. Yeah. We go back over to the grill. Silas and Damon are sitting at the bar. And Damon says, look, I get why you haven't called me back all summer. I wouldn't call me back either. So I guess we do get confirmation here that maybe Damon was calling Stefan. As he should, it is his brother. It is his brother. (laughs) Silas says, oh, you mean because you stole my girlfriend? I'm over it. And he cheers. Doesn't sound like Stefan. Suspicious. We have to wonder, too, if Silas, like, took Stefan's phone before he threw him in the safe. Because or else it would just never ring. That's a good point. We have to assume that Silas did. Because by the time we got to that point, Silas had enough time to, like, figure out what phones were, I think. Well, he seems to have no issue figuring out what stuff is. Because... We don't really need the goofy enchanted baloney. Yeah. But I like to think about it. Well, he had plenty of time by himself when Elena had her humanity off and no one was focused on him. That's when he was doing all the goofy enchanted bullshit off screen. Yeah. He's like, I'm glad nobody had to see that. That wasn't scary. Yeah, he's like, I really thought I'd adjust faster. Good thing they've been distracted. (laughs) Damon seems like a little suspicious, but not that suspicious. And then there's this little wobble camera effect. They're clearly doing this effect to show like when Silas is reading someone's mind. It's like a little bit wobbly. And some like indistinct whispering. Yes. So they do that. And Silas says, Catherine's living at Chateau Salvatore. And Damon says, how do you know that? And Silas says, because I can read your mind. Kidding, buddy. Catherine called me first, remember? It's always been me first. This is so fucking unnecessary. (laughs) Silas. One thing about Silas, yes, Silas put Stefan in a safe and threw him in the quarry, but he's a Stefan fan. He's he's defending Stefan, bitch. Because that's him. He said, that's my twin. And then Damon says, right. <laughs> Jeremy approaches and Silas says, hey, Jeremy, looking good, man. And he touches Jeremy's like arm and there's some like, little noise and Jeremy clearly like notices something. Silas, you didn't want to read that mind right quick? I know. And Silas clearly notices Jeremy noticed something. But at this point, Silas has gotten the information he wants. So he figures if he can just outrun these two, he's probably okay. Yeah. And also he's probably like, you know, they're all like suspicious because they haven't seen Stefan in a while. Like, I'm not going to worry about it. How are they going to guess this? He's like, they're stupid. (laughs) I mean, yes, he killed Jeremy. He might not necessarily recognize Jeremy. That's true. Like, it's not like he was looking at him. Exactly. I think so. And even if he knew Jeremy's a hunter, knew all this, like he might not know like that much about the hunters because again he's been in a cave for 2000 years i mean to be fair silas has appeared as jeremy so he knows what jeremy looks like oh true i just realized that he dangled jeremy like a carrot to bonnie i I think he probably read enough of bonnie's mind yeah but i also think he probably doesn't know what hunters feel like when he touches them yeah like that's not some information he would have well he's probably not that concerned about jeremy either because he already killed him once yeah he's like i'll just kill you again And again, Silas does think he's smarter than these people, which for the most part, he generally is. Yeah. So I don't blame him. But Silas clearly seems to notice that Jeremy's like a little iffy. So he just heads out. But Jeremy does attempt to cover it. He says, hey, Stefan, glad you're back. And Silas says, all right, see you at home. And then Damon says, great. And Silas leaves. Silas barely gets out of earshot before Jeremy says, uh, yeah, something's wrong. When he touched me, I felt a chill where my tattoo was. Slay Jeremy for figuring this out so fast. Being useful king. He's kinging. Damon says, what are you talking about? And Jeremy says, right before I died, Silas grabbed me and I felt the same thing. And Damon says, 
<laughs> you dumbass. Silas is gone. Bonnie turned him into a big piece of rock, remember? And then Bonnie appears. She figures this one out real quick. She's like, oh, yeah. Should have thought about this sometime in the past three months. But I was too busy planning out a fake road trip that I wasn't taking. Yeah. Bonnie appears to Jeremy, but not Damon, obviously. And she says, oh, my God, Jeremy, I died. I bound the magic that took down Silas. And when I died, the spell must have broken. He's free. Well, and Jeremy's like, well, I can't really say that. (laughs) Here's the other thing that's funny about this is like, yes, she was busy. But every other witch on the other side could have had the ability to see this happen. Yeah. How much did she piss all these witches off that no one told her this? (laughs) They said, fuck this girl's friends. I hope her little boyfriend dies again. They said, you know, that Jeremy needs to die. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy says, you know, to Damon, he says, that was Silas. Damon says, that's impossible. Jeremy says, Damon, I'm a hunter. Our whole reason for existing is to kill him. I know what I'm feeling. That was Silas. And Damon, like, clearly starts to, you know, suspect. But he says, I just watched him walk through a crowd of people that saw Stefan. There's no way he could fool that many people at once. First of all, apparently he can. Yeah, Yeah, first of all, why not? (laughs) What makes you think that? (laughs) Damon says he's psychic, but he's not that psychic. How would you know? Yeah, what do you know about psychics? But whatever. And Jeremy says, okay, well, what did he want? And then Damon realizes, like, okay, no, I see it now. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. And then we go over to the Salvatore house, where we figure out what Silas wants. Because he goes up to Catherine in a bathtub. Catherine is shaving her legs. The chopsticks in her hair, looking very sexy. She is really enjoying her evening. And Silas says, why are you in my brother's bathtub? And Catherine, assuming it's Stefan, turns on the charm. She says, why aren't you? And Silas sits on the edge of the tub and he says, I will say this, it is a tempting offer. And she says, ooh, he flirts. Because <laughs> she's like, finally, Stefan's flirting with me again. It's been too long. Poor Catherine, girl, get up. Now is not the time. At this point, I was like, Catherine's about to die. Like, I was worried. You were like, well, it's over. <laughs> yeah. She says, I like Elena List, Stefan. And he says, you know, human looks better on you than I would have guessed, Catherine. And she says... <laughs> I think you just accidentally gave me a compliment. She's loving it. He says, no, I mean it. You sitting here all weak and vulnerable, it works. And then he strokes her face. And then he starts to choke her. And he says, time for a field trip. One thing about Silas, he loves to do like the most human ways to kill people. He wants it to be personal. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's an asphyxiation kind of guy. Yeah. She grabs the razor she was shaving her leg with, cuts his face, and she runs and puts on a robe. She goes downstairs. Silas follows her. On the way down, Catherine runs into Damon. Damon tosses her to Jeremy and says, get her out of here. Don't tell me where you're going. And they get away. And then Silas comes downstairs and joins Damon. And Damon says, God, you're slow. Guess vamp speed came with the upgrade. Yeah, so he cannot vampire run, it appears. (laughs) He can do a lot, but he certainly can't vampire run. Silas says, get out of the way and give me Catherine. And Damon says, first drop the Stefan look. And Silas just laughs and laughs. And Damon says, what is so fucking funny? <laughs> then we go back over to Whitmore College. Elena and Caroline are like in shock. Elena's like, what's happening? Our roommate is dead. There's a vampire at the party. And Caroline says, look, we don't know what she knew or who she told. We should get out of here. And then Elena says, Caroline, I left that message in her voicemail. First of all, the message was weird, but not incriminating. 
Well, the message wasn't incriminating. And also she called you right after the message. So that's not weird. Yeah. Like you could say, like she called to say, that's okay. Like have a good night. And like, I guess looking back, it seemed kind of weird. Like she was saying goodbye, but I just didn't realize it at the time. Yeah, exactly. Bada bing, bada boom. Oh yeah, she called and she was like, Thank you so much for being good roommates. It was weird because we just met her that day. But And she told us we could have her, her juicer and she told us to take stuff. And she told us, like, I'm going to make sure no one moves into your room. <laughs> like, she was really concerned that we were going to get a new roommate. So I really think we shouldn't. <laughs> Out of respect. <laughs> Out of respect for Megan. Caroline says, don't worry, I took her phone. Quit a little liars. <laughs> Thinking. she's She said, no, this bitch's phone is coming with me. Yeah, she said, absolutely not. <laughs> Elena says, what? <laughs> this woman comes up to them. Her name is Diane. She says, hey, I'm Diane. <laughs> so Diane of her. <laughs> she says, hey, I'm Diane Freeman. I'm the head of campus security. You guys okay? And she's dressed like a detective. She has a blazer and she has like a badge hanging on like the necklace, like an LAPD detective. Like, <laughs> you're the head of campus security. The head of campus security where I went to grad school, his name is literally John Frisbee. Like, that's how serious this job is. Come on. The head of campus security at my college wore, like, you know, a security guard uniform. And we all made fun of him because he dressed too much like a cop. This woman is dressed like she's fucking hot. She's like, I'm on criminal minds. And I will say, I saw her come out. I saw Haley Kiyoko die. I said, I'm going to get a chance to profile this season. <laughs> it's my time. <laughs> After my star turn of profiling the killer that was a lurk, but without realizing it was a lurk. But doing a really great job of profiling exactly a lurk. So this time I can improve. This time we'll see. Our life is made by the death of others. Leonardo da Vinci. Alina says, yeah, I think so. I think we're okay. And Diane says, you know, I understand Megan was your roommate. I'm so sorry you had to find her like this. And Caroline says, well, do they know what happened? And Diane says, well, we found a note. Apparently she was struggling with severe depression. And Alina says, what do you mean a note? You got to love that it's a college. They said, we don't have to do animal attacks here. We've got a whole nother angle. Depression, bitch. Diane says, your roommate took her own life. And Caroline says, you think this was a suicide? First of all, take the W, girls. Yeah. You were all worried about being incriminated. And now guess what? They're not investigating you. Yeah. Diane says, uh, we are convinced it was a suicide, but we can't seem to find her cell phone. Have you seen it? And they say, no. And Diane says, well, if it turns up, let us know. And Diane leaves them alone. And Elena says, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> they had one day at college. <laughs> they can't get anything. They didn't even get to go to the party before this happened. <laughs> they didn't even get to go to the party at all. They couldn't even get in. They didn't get one drink. Heartbreaking. And then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon says, if I have to hear the word doppelganger one more time, I think I actually am going to have to learn how to spell it. One of my all-time favorite lines. It's a great line. It's funny. It's a pretty easy word to spell, Damon. I can tell you that. I'll be honest. Before this podcast, I didn't know how to spell it. I got the E and the L mixed up multiple times the first like couple weeks of typing it. I think that's fair. And to be fair, there are two dots over the A. I don't know what that accent is called. Umlaut. Umlaut. I don't type that every time I type doppelganger, but I did put it in the title. 
Silas says, you know, you say you don't believe me, and yet your mind is spinning at the possibility, because he can read his mind. Damon says, A, get out of my head. B, I think I'd know if my brother had an evil twin. First of all, Damon, be serious. You didn't know werewolves existed. You didn't know the originals existed. It's not outside the realm of possibility that there's more things you don't know exist, including more doppelgangers. And here's the problem with me. Because he's reading minds, right? And he loves to be like, I just read that from your mind. Like, that's not really a gotcha. I know you can read minds. Like, you don't really have to do it every time. I'd be sitting thinking to myself, man, he is not as good looking as Stefan. I know they're doppelgangers, but somehow Stefan looks better. This guy is such a loser. Like, just looping it in my mind and hoping he jumps out of there. It's too easy. It's too easy. (laughs) It's too easy. I got him. (laughs) He'll be crying in a day. All I have to do is think, I think this one's balding. (laughs) I got him. Silas says, oh, we're not twins. And he goes on to explain more exposition. He says, see, when I became truly immortal, nature retaliated by creating a version of me that was killable. It's called a shadow self. And Damon says, okay, well, whatever you are, your plan didn't work. The cure is gone. Now, what do you want with Catherine? And Silas says, you know, I could tell you, but wouldn't it be so much more fun if it were a surprise? And Damon's like, no. (laughs) One thing about Silas is he's going to be goofy. He's going to be a little fun with it. He's going to be whimsical and he's going to be mischievous. Because the thing is, like, Klaus was, you know, for all intents and purposes, unkillable. But there is still, like, one way out there to kill him. So he's always a little paranoid. He's always a little crazy. He's always taking it personally, especially with his dad killing him. Silas, there's no way to kill him. And he's mostly been wasting all that immortality laying in a cave. So he's kind of ready to have some fun with it. Here's the thing, too, about Klaus is, like, so deeply insecure that he will never be loved. Silas has two girls who want him, his true love and Katsia. Yeah. Silas is Klaus with none of the insecurity. And that is a dangerous cocktail to have in a person. (laughs) That's not a good one. You do not want to go up against him. That's too much power. They should have given him the cure. And he can read your mind. I do think, though, if Klaus could read minds, that would make him less powerful because of the insecurity part. Yeah. I think the no insecurity plus the mind reading is crucial to have both of those. Yes. Damon says, you're not getting Catherine. And Silas says, Damon, how well do you know your brother? Do you really think he would leave town for three months without so much as a phone call so you could live happily ever after with the love of his life? Or did you just delude yourself into thinking it would be that easy? Damon's like, well, clearly it's the second one. So Damon says, please get your foot off my neck. He said, why can't I just enjoy having a girlfriend who loves me for once? And the thing is, though, Silas is so right for this. It's like, Damon, you should have realized. He's like, you should have been considering this. And Damon knows that too. So he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I can't do this right now. So Damon says, where's Stefan? And Silas says, he's suffering. What else is new? (laughs) And Silas says, like, I suffered. So call the hunter, bring me Catherine, and tell you where your little brother is. Yeah, I'd take that trade. Sorry. Sorry, Catherine. Nice knowing you. (laughs) Then we go out to the car. Jeremy's driving. Catherine asks, where are we going? Jeremy doesn't answer. She says, are you deaf? I said, where are we going? And Jeremy picks up a call from Damon. He says, hey. And Damon says, hey, uh, how far did you get? Silas is watching this phone call. Jeremy says, you said not to tell you. Damon says, you pick now to listen to me? Because Jeremy's like, is this a test? (laughs) Jeremy says, okay, we just passed Old Miller Road. And Damon says, great, turn around, bring her back. And Catherine says, what? No. Catherine's like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not getting killed today. I don't care what happens. But Jeremy does turn the car around. And Catherine says, hey, what are you doing? Stop. You can't take me back there. You know, Damon wouldn't just hand me over. Silas clearly got in his head. 
and Jeremy is flooring it. Yeah. Jeremy says, shut up, Catherine. And then she pulls out his seatbelt. She does something. I think she undoes both of their seatbelts and grabs the wheel. Yes. Which causes the car to crash. Now he should have seen this coming. Yeah. As soon as she starts screaming, I'm like, look, even if Catherine's a human, she's still slippery. And you don't have to have any supernatural powers to cause a car crash. That's so easy. Yeah. So I saw this one coming from a mile away. Jeremy did not. Exactly. At the Salvatore house, Damon is like aggressively texting. And Silas says, you know, your thoughts are churning. It's like a spool of pink taffy. Very messy, but very fun to watch. It's like, can you shut up? It's like, do we have to do this? I get it. You're in my head. Like, you don't have to say it every two minutes. Damon says, has anyone ever told you that's creepy? And Silas says, you're worried. Jeremy's not answering the phone. (gasps) They should be back by now. You think something's very wrong. It's like, okay, you you got me. Then we go out to the town square. Matt gives Rudy a beer. He says, on the house. Rudy says, thanks. Matt says, hey, BTW, when is your daughter coming back to town? Rudy says, I'm not sure. Rudy says, fuck if I know. Rudy says, who? (laughs) He says, oh, but if you talk to her, tell her I said hi. Thanks for the beer. Matt says, yeah, okay. I think this is mostly just so we remember Rudy's name real quick. Yeah, so we remember (laughs) it's Bonnie's dad. So we can have someone to mourn. Not me, though. Um, (laughs) Then Matt looks across the town square and he spots Nadia from Prague. And he says, no way. And he follows her to the alley behind the grill. Dumbass. Shorty robbed you once. You're following her to an alley. I know she's not robbing him again, but come on. She seems to be doing something. Yeah. And he says, Nadia. Nadia, we didn't talk about this when she first appeared. She is played by an actress named Olga Fonda. It's a crazy name. I'm obsessed with how horrible that name is. Yeah. That's your that's your stage name? <laughs> she couldn't have had a good time. Yeah. I feel like her name was probably Olga something else. And she said, I need to sound like an actress and change it to Fonda. <laughs> I don't recognize this actress from anything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that right now, but I'm looking at her IMDb because I look at everyone else's IMDb's. You can tell her first two credits are a character named Natalia and Madame Fortuna. You can see what she's getting cast as. Yeah. A mysterious Eastern European woman. Hey, it pays the bills. Yeah. Hey, nothing wrong with that. She's been in a number of TV shows for like one episode, like Hawaii Five O. She played on Agent X, which I don't know what that is. She played a character called Olga Petrovka. Oh, she was in Breaking Dawn Part One. She played a character named Valentina. The Breaking Dawn movies had too many of those fucking Volturi. I can't keep track of all those actors. Again, all of her names are like... Like Russian in some way. There's another Olga, Svetlana, Russian girl, Farah Lemkova. Like, come on. (laughs) And she was on How I Met Your Mother. One episode. She played a girl named Candy. Sounds super not sexist. Just like that show's known to be. (laughs) Anyway, so that's what Olga Fonda's up to. But here we know her as Nadia. She turns and she says, you remember me? And Matt says, yeah, I remember you. You got me and Rebecca drunk and robbed us. <laughs> and she says, yeah, but it was fun till then, no? And he says, hey, how'd you know how to find me? You should be asking a lot more of these questions. Yeah, this random girl that robbed you and Rebecca in a hotel is suddenly in your hometown where supernatural characters run amok. I mean, come on, think. Let's be serious. She says, let's skip the how and get to the why. Let's not skip the how, but he just lets her. She holds out the Gilbert ring. And she says, this wasn't mine to take. 
He says, none of it was yours to take. You robbed us. Yeah, that's that's kind of what robbers do. <laughs> he says, you traveled 4,000 miles to give me back my ring. She says, hey, if you don't want it. And he says, no, I want it. She very sexily puts the ring on his finger. She's really eating it up. And she says, it looks better on you anyway. And he's so stupid. He falls for this immediately. It is an all-time Matt dumbass night. Yeah, one of his worst. <laughs> some guy comes up behind and grabs Matt's head. And he speaks some foreign language, definitely Russian adjacent. Mm-hmm. And he's a creepy looking fella. Yeah, he is giving creepy. And Matt blinks. His eyes turn black when he reopens them. And then he blinks again and his eyes are back to normal and he passes out. Well, I'll just say, I think it's not a coincidence that they happen to give him this ring that brings him back to life before fucking around with him. That's a good point. What are your suspicions about Nadia? What did she come from? What does she want? What's she doing here? I mean, I don't think she like happened upon Matt and Rebecca. I think that's a fair theory. I think she was specifically looking for some insight into them, probably for the Gilbert ring. I don't know why she would take it just to bring it back. Or maybe she just lucked into seeing them when she was in Prague and she was like, oh, hey, I can work with this. Do you think she has any connection to any of our team in Mystic Falls or like has heard of them? Like, do you think she's looking for a specific creature? Do you think she is a specific creature? Like any other theories? I know there's not a lot to go on right now. So I'm really asking you to guess kind of blind. Yeah, I do think we have to entertain like the possession demon possibility. Sure. Given the chanting, given the eyes, you know, But I do think, because it seemed pretty clear this guy was not chanting in, like, Latin. Mm -hmm. So it's unclear, like, I'm sure witches could speak another language other than Latin for their spells. But it might be something else. I don't know of any Russian supernatural creatures. A yeti. A yeti. Let me (laughs) Google, out of pure curiosity, let me Google Russian supernatural creatures. Let's run back to Saki Pereira. I know, where's the Saki Pereira? There's actually a ton of them. Two of the most well-known demons in Russian myths are the Baba Yaga and Koshal the Immortal, or Koshay the Immortal. Hmm. Spirits include Nezit, Rodianoi, Kikimoras, Rusalkas, and Domovoy. Animalistic creatures include the Firebird, Zemais, and Alkonost. I didn't know what most of those words meant. I love the whoever the Immortal, though. That that pops out for obvious reasons. Koshay. Koshay. Here's the Baba Yaga. <laughs> He looks like uh, a mix of Jabba the Hutt and Freddy Krueger. Baba Yaga is an evil witch who eats people, usually children. Okay. Her home is built of chicken legs. Ooh, it's like... Some see her as an embodiment of female power, but traditionally she was seen as an evil figure or a trickster. Okay, Nadia. Many interpret her name as meaning Grandmother Witch. Hmm. Koshe the Immortal, however, it's unclear where the character originated. Koshe is an antagonist who is captured and greatly weakened during his captivity. Eventually, he is given three buckets of water and regains his strength. <laughs> Me after a night out? Yeah, literally. A protagonist often makes a crucial mistake, allowing for the escape of Koshe, and he ends up capturing a princess. Koshe's soul is stored outside of his body, and the only way to kill him is to destroy a needle that contains his soul. But the needle is not easy to come by. No wonder he's immortal. Nezit are nature spirits. They're tricksters, create illusions. 
Bodianoi are female spirits of clear water. They can either drown people or save them from drowning. So, pros and cons. Kikimoras are always evil. <laughs> That's what that says. Always evil. When they go, they're always evil. These invisible household spirits never stop moving. They keep people from sleeping. They do knitting and spinning poorly. So it has to be redone. And they tear fur from animals. What the fuck? They're mean. I know, but they're always evil. Rusalkas are maiden spirits. They're similar to sirens. Some say that they drowned themselves after being rejected by their lovers. Domovoy is a household spirit. They're helpful but mischievous, and they can help you find your keys. Oh, that's nice of him. Yeah, he's nice. Um, the firebird the firebird is an orange bird who steals fruit. That doesn't sound evil. That sounds like just a normal bird. Yeah, I think that's just a bird. What's supernatural about that? That's a bird a guy saw one time. So those are some Russian creatures. I mean, the Baba Yaga is giving Nadia. It is, isn't it? That being said, I don't think this is like Teen Wolf where they did that kind of research. Yeah, exactly. They're like vampires. So I'm going to stick with the demon angle because I've brought up demons and angels before as possibilities. It's never worked out, but I don't think it's a crazy jump. And especially the eyes. And we're kind of in this space with, I guess we're kind of past Silas moving around bodies, but where possession could be something we're thinking about. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think the possession angle makes sense given what we saw. Or they need a human for something. Like you need human blood, but it's nice to have a human who won't die permanently. That's a good point. So Matt's kind of a unicorn in that way. Yeah. So I think that's something to consider. I think because the Gilbert ring seems to be key here. Mm-hmm. Great point. And also we have to consider the fact that the Gilbert ring came from the Gilbert family and we have this tie-in to Grace and Gilbert now. Yeah, which we'll get to in a moment. Yes. That is a great segue into this next scene. We go back to Whitmore. Elena and Caroline are on campus. They're walking back to their room. And Caroline listens to Elena's voicemail and then she deletes it from Megan's phone. But when they get back to their dorm, the door is ajar. They go in and Elena's like, oh, someone's been in here. And they turn on the lights and Caroline says, oh my God, Megan's tablet is gone. Which is suspicious. Which which is suspicious. And she's like, and you know, but I get why someone want to steal it because those Microsoft surfaces like are really just as good as a laptop. And if anything, like that's the perfect computer to have for a college student on the go i get why someone would steal it yeah it has all the capabilities of a laptop but it's really space saving and the way it moves and the way you can use pencils like you can just design things that you couldn't do on a mac it's all i'll say it's as lightweight and easy to travel as an ipad but the capabilities are just so much better and for a fraction of the price they don't say anything about the surface <laughs> they just say oh, along with her so-called suicide note and then Elena says, can I see the phone for a second? And Caroline, you know, starts spiraling a little bit. She's like, you know, it doesn't make any sense. First, the roommate we're not supposed to have might know about vampires and then happens to be killed by a vampire. And now the school's covering it up. Seriously, who is this girl? And Elena has been swiping through photos. And all of a sudden she sees something. And she says, whatever's been going on, it's not just about our roommate. It's about me. I bet it is Elena. And Caroline's like, oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) so sure it is but elena's right it is about her she shows us a photo of megan and some guy she says it's megan and she takes a long pause it's like who the fuck is that guy 
Yeah, I'm like, who am I looking at? Because I was like, I, I was literally going through my head. I was like, that's not Cole. Like, <laughs> I, I couldn't think of anyone. And she says, with my dad. So it, it's a picture of Megan and Grayson Gilbert, and they are being friendly. So that's suspicious. That's suspicious. What are your thoughts on this? Do you have theories? Okay, here's here's one crazy one I'll start with. She wants to be the mayor of Mystic Falls. No. <laughs> Grayson delivered her as a baby. <laughs> That's not a crazy thought. It's not crazy. I just, I'm trying to make a connection. Um, but I think this kind of confirms that Megan knew who Elena was when she got there. Whether she knew she was a vampire or not, I think she knew who Elena was. Mm-hmm. Maybe she knew she'd gotten involved with vampires, but I guess when Grayson was alive, Elena wouldn't have been, so I don't think he would have communicated that. But at the very least, Grayson could have told Megan, you know, like, hey, here's the skinny on vampires, girly. Well, there is a possibility that, you know, I mean, Grayson had a pretty massive weapon arsenal in his lake house. He may have been connected with other, like, amateur vampire hunters, maybe Megan's family. That's a good point. That may be one way to get to know her. And maybe she is, like, at college looking for vampires. Seems dumb. Uh, maybe get over it. Pretty bad hunter if she got thrown out the window right away. Or maybe she, like, she was trusting a vampire. And then they found out she had some connection to hunters. I don't know. But I think that hunter connection from Grayson makes a lot of sense. I think that's a good point. We have to think about it because of how Gilberts are. One thing about Gilberts, they're going to spread their hatred. Yeah. The vitriol from those men. They'll tell anyone who listens. And even those who don't. (laughs) mostly those who don't yeah that's where they do the most talking (laughs) then we go over to the site of the car crash jeremy is like away from the car he flew out it was a rough one they went right into the pole and he is like 10 feet away from the car and it's like how'd you end up there he is bleeding he's reaching out and groaning and it really for a second looks like jeremy's about to really die again after three months of being alive again Catherine does walk out of the car and she is definitely worse for wear, but she's limping off. So she limps off. Well, he's groaning, but it's like, what's Catherine going to do? She can't save you. Yeah. So Jeremy is not looking good, but Bonnie appears as a ghost. She says, hey, hold on. I know you can hear me, Jeremy. Luckily, Damon arrives really fast. He quickly like vamp runs over and feeds him blood. He says, open your eyes. You do not get to die on me. I'm supposed to be taking care of you. You little punk. Wake up or I'll kill you myself. Jeremy does blink awake. It would be ridiculous to kill him right away. So it would be a little funny. It would be a little funny. The witches are like, man, when the fuck is that guy going to die? Like at a certain point, it's just your time. Yeah. Like he has been cheating death for years. And sometimes you just got to head out. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy says, Catherine is gone. Damon hugs him and says, I don't care. Well, it's like, Catherine's not a vampire running away. You guys can catch her. Yeah, she couldn't have gotten fur. She was limping and you just got here. Even if you, like, take a second, make sure he's okay, get in the car, like, you can probably find her. Damon can literally vamp run, like, one mile each way while Jeremy walks to the car. Yeah. Because he's healed. But whatever, who am I? We go back over to Whitmore. They're back in their dorm room. Caroline listens to a voicemail from Tyler. The absolute nerve of this man. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Boo. He says, hey, look, Caroline, I put a lot of thought into this. Really? You, Tyler, put a lot of thought into a message? Please. I don't think you're capable. He says, I decided to defer school for now. 
This werewolf pack I'm helping, they need me. For what? For what? Is it the full moon? Who are they sired to? What are you giving? Yeah, what are you giving, honestly? He says, I know it's lame to do this over the phone, but I figure this way it's harder for you to kill me. I'm really, really sorry, Care, but this is important. I know it's like kind of unclear if this is a breakup or just like see ya when I see ya. Feels like a breakup, though. Yeah, well, it's like I don't care enough to come be in college with you, which I know is deeply important to you. Yeah, it's more important, actually, that I hang out with people who really only need me once a month. Who live in the woods. Now, me, if I'm Caroline, I'm going to pop a quick call out to Klaus, say, you know what? You can go kill Tyler if you want. Yeah, you know what? I'm over it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm past it. And also, this is the other thing. He left a voicemail, but he hasn't been calling Caroline back. So you do have service Mm -hmm. in the mountains of Appalachia. So AT&T really came through for you after all, didn't it? Didn't it? Can't hide behind a a lousy network, Tyler. We all know you've got AT&T. We know you have service anywhere you go. (laughs) Elena lies awake and Caroline starts to cry in bed. Can't cry by yourself when you're in college. They got that one right. Yeah, that's realism. (laughs) Elena says, you okay? And Caroline says, yeah, I'm fine. And Elena says, I'm sorry. And Caroline says, I'm really glad you're here. And Elena says, I'm really glad you're here too. And they both lie awake because they both kind of freaked out with the events of the day. Yeah. But now they don't have to worry about a third girl in there. (laughs) Yeah. Now at least they don't have another roommate. Wins and losses. Then we go back over to the quarry. Stefan comes to and drowns again. He's hurt at work over there. As we've come to expect him to do. But then he starts hallucinating again. Damon comes in and says, you're thinking about it. Flip the switch, brother. Put yourself out of this misery, please. And Stefan says, did you forget how long it took me to come back last time? Everything I lost in the process? What are you going to do? Lose Elena again? Yeah, it's like, it's okay. Damon says, you don't deserve this, Stefan. You did the right thing. You walked away. You let us be happy. And this is what you get in return. How is that fair? That's Stefan in his own mind being like, yeah, right. That's Stefan subconscious being like, hey, he's like, hey, he's got a point. (laughs) Hey, this guy's saying something interesting. (laughs) Damon says, just turn it off, turn it off. Stefan closes his eyes to tell us he's about to turn it off. But then he just remixes the hallucination a little bit. He says, I need something different. Damon's not hitting today. <laughs> yeah. And Elena appears and she says, wait, stay with me, Stefan. She touches his face. Stefan says, what are you doing here? And she says, I know this is torture, but stay with me. Your humanity is the one thing that makes you who you are. Don't let it go. Please, Stefan, for me. And he nods. And then we see he's uh, still in the safe. And then he dies again. So then we go back out to the road. Damon gives Elena a call. And he says, ah, sorry it took for long for me to call you back. Uh, car trouble. <laughs> and we see the totaled car. And Elena says, what happened? He says, I just said car trouble. Did you fucking listen to me? <laughs> no, he says, uh, some idiot broke the window. Based on your voicemail, it sounded like your day sucked worse than mine. Want to come home? It's pretty even. She says, look, I can't come home. And especially if my dad's connected to this somehow, I have to know. And Damon says, "Mm, yeah, it's probably for the best. It'll give me more bonding time with your brother. She says, I love you, Damon. He says, good night. Say, I love you. (laughs) Why did you say I love you? How quickly we learn to take things for granted. (laughs) Interesting. Damon turns and Jeremy says, you didn't tell her Silas was here. Okay, okay, Sherlock Holmes. We're all making observations. (laughs) 
Damon says, nor did I tell her Stefan's missing, that Catherine's in town, or that you got expelled. Jeremy says, so you lied. Damon says, no, I withheld a bit of the truth so that Elena wouldn't drop everything and come running home to help. I'll figure all this out. Damon, that's a lot of work for just you. Yeah, you are not our strongest soldier. You better work on getting Stefan out of that quarry. Yeah, because, you know, you know, Silas got rid of Stefan and you know Stefan went to go dump him in the quarry. Just something to think about. I mean, it is tricky because... He could be like, but what if that was actually Silas telling me he was going to go dump Silas in the quarry? That's true. But either way, might as well check the quarry. Yeah, if you don't have any ideas, like, or even just go to the quarry and be like, you know, we were talking about bringing him here. Like, maybe this will give me some ideas. Exactly. And then we go out to the town square. Rudy decided it's time to make a speech. It will be his last. <laughs> he says, I hope everyone enjoyed the party. Everyone cheers. He says, you know, it is truly great to have an end of summer tradition. My daughter has her own end of summer tradition of overindulging in the cotton candy. What? This just reads as a dad who has not hung out with his daughter since she was like four. Exactly. And also it's like, we've never seen Bonnie touch cotton candy. <laughs> <laughs> it was one thing if we had ever seen anyone on this show eat cotton candy it's like where is this coming from and bonnie laughs so we know she's charmed by it yeah bonnie laughs so we know this must be in some sense accurate but it just doesn't seem real yeah it seems like kind of a fake story and also it's like okay shut up about how much cotton candy i eat i would my kid <laughs> yeah but she laughs rudy says and now he's decided to hijack this town speech to make it about his daughter who by the way he hasn't called who he hasn't seen in three months and hasn't talked to and thinks that's just normal. And has no questions, even though he was talking to her and she was losing control of her magic by the day. And also, I know no one else is reaching out to Abby because they don't talk to her, but it's not crazy that he would call Abby and be like, hey, you put Bonnie on. And Abby will be like, what the fuck? Abby said, I abandoned that bitch. <laughs> it is weird because canonically, Rudy and Abby speak to each other. Yeah. So you would think he would check in. He just needs one postcard and he's fine. He wants his daughter to initiate the conversation. I mean, he's, he's not a good dad. That's established. Yeah. He says, now she's off traveling the world and sending her old man postcards from all her great adventures. You know, family is one of our core values here in Mystic Falls. Whose core values? Yeah. It's not yours. He's like, you know, it's what this block party celebrates. Family is community. Uh, Stefan? <laughs> Silas said, I've had enough of this. Because Silas has just started walking on stage. He's not even waiting for a lull. I mean, I guess this speech is kind of a lull if we're being honest. Yeah. And Rudy just is like, oh, Stefan. And Silas says, hey, do you mind if I say a few words? And Rudy says, maybe when we're done here. And Silas says, mm, I'll take it from here. And he does his little like mind reading thing. And Bonnie realizes like, oh, that is definitely Silas. But again, everyone in this crowd knows him as Stefan. Can you imagine being someone who like knows Stefan casually? And you're like, what the fuck is Stefan doing? They're like, he doesn't seem like the type to want to get up on a hot mic. Yeah. <laughs> someone is in the back is like, that's that guy who taught that football that Tyler though. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> that's that guy who was dating that bitch before she went to his brother. Yeah. They're like, oh man, he's really taking the breakup hard. <laughs> he's murdering a guy on stage. Someone's in the back of the crowd. Nice phone. Does it ever ring? <laughs> He's like, I got to use that again. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> anyway, Silas says to the mic, he says, 
You're probably wondering how I did that. <laughs> and Tim just taking the mic with Mayo. Everyone's like, I don't know. You just kind of walked up to it, like with enough authority. It was confidence, really, I thought. But he says, it's pretty basic mind control. And until now, it's been fairly limited to one person at a time. Like, this is so funny to get up <laughs> on a mic and do this. And like, just to mind control them. Like, you don't even have to tell them this. Like, he's just like basking in it. He's just being silly goofy. And no one's leaving, by the way. They're all just like, what's this guy doing? But they're all just right there. Because something's intriguing about him. (laughs) Yeah, there's something charming about him. (laughs) Fix him, I think. And he says, until now, it's been fairly limited one person at a time. But this summer, I've consumed an immeasurable amount of blood. I love this line. Because what does that mean? (laughs) Like, how much blood has he had? And where did he get it all? At some point, wasn't Liz like, hey, the blood banks are going empty again? Is the whole state out of blood? <laughs> like, <laughs> it seems like it has to be just a comical amount of blood. How is he drinking an immeasurable amount of blood and it's raised no flags? How does he have all that liquid in his system? Like, let's not even get into like where he's getting the blood. Like, why does he need so much blood? <laughs> He's just consuming too much. And especially because we know he's not like biting necks because he thinks that's like gauche. Like, (laughs) so so he's just like getting blood from hospitals or like pouring it into cups. Like what? We have to assume he's pouring it into cups. It's just very, very goofy. He says, and I felt myself getting stronger and stronger every day. I started to wonder, what are the limits to my powers? How many people can I influence? Two? Ten? An entire town square? Everyone's like, is he going to circle this speech back to family at some point? I got the sense that he at this point they all have any mind controlled. Well, then he says everyone stop talking and they do. Okay. And that's when they're mind controlled. I think maybe he was like corralling them at first, but now he's really got them on the hook. Yeah, he was getting all the, the, the edges in. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, that worked. Okay, now let's try this. No one make a sound or move a muscle. Everyone stops moving. Everyone stops talking. And just to really make sure it's all okay, Silas really quickly slits Rudy's throat. Yeah, he just grabs Rudy, slits his throat. And that is classic Silas to just like slit a throat, like not even drink any of that blood. Like he just wanted to kill a guy. It's pure style points. And I do want to bring up listeners. You may not remember this, but at one point, Stephanie said that Silas might kill Rudy. I don't know where she pulled it from. She already forgot she said it, but she guessed it, bitch. It was a dad. He had to get killed by the main villain. That's how it goes. That's how it goes on this show. I had a lot of fun with it. (laughs) The only person who does move a muscle or make a noise is Bonnie because she's a ghost. She can't be mind controlled. Bonnie screams. She runs to his body. No one else moves. He dies and she cries. And then Silas gets back on the mic. And he says, well, now that I have your attention. You already had their attention from mind controlling them. You just have to kill the guy. <laughs> he says, well, now that I have your attention, I need a favor. I need you to find someone. You all know Elena Gilbert. Well, the girl I'm looking for looks exactly like her. I love that because he was like, don't go get Elena. It's not her. Yeah. Don't someone bring me Elena. Don't anyone go to Whitmore College, bring me Elena and think you like got me. Don't be useless to me. I'm not asking a lot. 
And that is where we end the episode. So what are your predictions for season five after seeing this episode? What do you think Silas wants with Catherine and what will he do if he ever gets her? I do think like we have to remember that his motivation is to take this cure and die. Mm-hmm. Or at least at some point it was, he may getting into my same trap. I always do. He may like the power of being able to control as many people's minds. Maybe he didn't get the chance to do that many at any time. And he's like, you know what? I don't actually miss my girlfriend that much. And so maybe he wants to be the mayor of Mystic Falls. I actually think I'm not crazy saying that this time because (laughs) he did just kill the mayor. Like, it's kind of a joke. But if he was the mayor next episode, I wouldn't be surprised. Can I ask you a question? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can. Okay, this is a two-pronged question. Number one, do you think he knows what a mayor is? And number two, do you think he knows Rudy was the mayor or was he just a guy on the mic? Question one, no. He does not know what a mayor is. (laughs) Question two, he knows Rudy was in charge of the town in some way. Now, do I think he wants to, like, actually run a town? No. You think he just wants the, like, symbolic power? I just think he wants to, like, be on the mic mind-controlling people. Like, I don't think they're going to be calling him, like, Mayor Stefan or Mayor Silas or whatever. But I think he's going to be, like, a cult leader of the town. You don't think he's going to host, like, the Founders Day party? No. He's not going to ride in a float in the Founders Day Parade? I mean, maybe. (laughs) No, I don't think he will. But I will also say, you know, he may like having this power and want to use all those humans to do something for him. But I think getting Catherine, you know, there's not really a reason to have a human with you. I think there are a couple possibilities here. One, that there's some way to, like, drink her blood and get the cure. Mm-hmm. like from her or that there is some doppelganger connection you know who is the shadow self who is the you know original the way he kind of described it like is there some way to get power from another doppelganger or like get mm. some kind of i don't know like supernatural pull we've seen doppelgangers be a source of you know power before or be useful namely elena's blood got us out of many a sticky hybrid situation. Yeah. Particularly when she was human. So now we've got a human Petrova doppelganger back in the mix. So there may be some power there. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that brings us to the end of the season five premiere. What a ride we're about to go on. To be honest, I don't remember many details about season five. I think I will rewatch so I can appropriately gaslight you. Yeah, I'm excited. I think this is going to be a fun season. I think it's I think it's going to get a little silly goofy. But you know what? Here's the thing. A teen drama always hits the point where it gets silly goofy. And I think if you allow yourself to be along for that ride, you have fun. You can't expect the OC season four to be the OC season one. It's a different game. You just have to appreciate that the OC season four is what it is. Yeah. And I love when it gets to a point of any TV show where it's clear they're going to be safe from cancellation. And they just, they try something new. I love that a a TV writer is going to do that. Because, you know, you're writing a TV show on the CW. Like, you're not doing it for the acclaim. You're doing it for the advertising bucks and for the fans. Mm -hmm. So let's get a little fun with it. And you know you'll never be respected by the Emmys, even if you should. So, might as well have fun. Everyone's having fun. Everyone's having a good time. You have a bunch of vampires in college. Fun. What could go wrong? 
hilarity ensues. Exactly. But as always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and her doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at doppelgangers podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.